I just took a smell, another smelling salt. Here we go. I'm ready to go. In 2020, four friends decide to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stones magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is album seven, London Calling by The Clash. Shit, wrong phone noise. God damn it. Oh, look at that. We're going to call. We're going to call on the Beck line. Ready? Yeah. It's, just, it's so weird how that would work. And let's just let Pick this, it up. Let, well, I have to let that Quick, second. Before I, have they... to, I have to let that second ring go for, for reasons I don't want to say. Hello? Yeah? Uh-huh. Okay. What's that? You want to talk to these bloody wankers, Aaron, Russ, and Matt? Well, that's weird. Who should I say on the line? Okay. Hey, guys, it's a phone call for us. It's London calling. <laughs> Did you write when that you yourself? Hear about the greatest album no, of I paid somebody a hundred bucks on Fiverr. <laughs> but you're just too lazy to look I can't tell if that went better or worse because Rob took the smelling salt beforehand. I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. All right. Welcome to Beck Did It Better. This is a podcast where we're looking at the top 500 albums of all time. And right before we started, I did sniff a smelling salt. So I am fired up, if you cannot tell, uh, <laughs> here at 10 o'clock, 1030 now, New York time. Uh, so we are going to talk today about The Clash. And speaking about four people who would never clash, let's talk about our co-hosts here and get all our very different voices. Now, this is nobody's favorite part of the show. So all you're going to say is just, hi, I'm Rob in New York. All right. Why did I use a fake voice? That makes no sense. <laughs> I've got Matt in Minneapolis. How are you doing, Matt? Hey, doing good. Doing <laughs> no, good. you can't use fake voices. <laughs> I, I've got Aaron out in uh, Oaktown. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's raining fire, and I happen to be one of Earth's only fans of the movie Reign of Fire starring Matthew McConaughey, so I'm all right. <laughs> Is that the one about a dragon? Oh, hell yeah. McConaughey and Christian Bale fighting dragons. It's a good It's a good show. Mm, wow. And that's that's one where you go to the theater and it's just you and like 20 other dudes in there. And you're like, yep. well, I guess that's, that's the way it is. And I got Russ in Minnesota. Russ, how are you doing? I was going to be better when I was going to make my Matthew McConaughey joke, but I've been beat up. I've been thrown out. I've been shown up, but I've grown up. Rob, I'm not down. No, I'm not down. I cannot tell you what song that's from because I could not understand a single word that was said <laughs> during this entire album. I have no idea. That could be from any album we've listened to. I've heard almost no lyrics in any of this. Uh, let's get into our favorite segment, Rollin' Going. It's, 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 it's time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for Rollin' Going. Oh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Every time I forget how dumb that, that is. That, oh yeah, sounds, that's the most inappropriate oh yeah of all the sound clips. There's no question. I don't even want to know what you were doing or how you made that oh yeah sound rob but if anything is over the line in terms of your sound That's bites it. that is worse than aaron's mom one-on-one <laughs> i will i will say that i think when we're texting each other all week being like guys this podcast is so long why is it so long and then it turns out i just have a sound clip for every single thing we talk about and the sound clips are just getting longer and longer pretty soon it's just literally going to be like a three minute sound clip of me just going Oh, yeah. It's just three minutes of that. We're just going to be howling. We think it's the funniest shit. 
Uh, when, and when we get to the big bopper, there. is Big Bopper on the top 500? When we get to the big bopper, there's probably a good chance to use Oh Yeah. Hey, baby. <laughs> I died in a plane crash, baby. Oh, God. Is there a Judy Garland album so we can do a little, what's that movie she was in, that Wizard of Oz? We can do a <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the Wizard of Oz. Guys, if the big bopper was watching the little Wizard of Oz, I think it would go something like this. <laughs> oh, baby. I hope I don't die in a plane crash, baby. Oh, no. Them flying monkeys got me thinking about plane crashes. Hey, baby. Oh. You can ask me to do other big bopper impressions. No, 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 no. This is my, this is, this is another one of my patented. Maybe that's a sound drop I need, a patented Rob impression. Oh, yeah, baby. It's a plane crash, baby. Look out. Our listeners can't see this, but about 40 seconds ago, Aaron just put his head in his hands and stopped responding. We don't really have a sound bite that captures that fully. And if we did, the oh, yeah, would certainly not be as enthusiastic as Rob's There's was. a movie about Buddy Holly, baby, and a movie about Richie Valens, baby. What about me, baby? The Big Bopper movie. <laughs> it is kind of fucked that he didn't get a movie, right? Isn't that, isn't that who the three guys were? Is a Big Bopper, Richie Valens, and Buddy Holly? I think that's true. I mean, there's probably a porno called Big Bopper, right? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> sorry, I, mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing. There must be. You're one. sorry. No, you cannot say there's a porno with Big Bopper and then just say I'm sorry. I'm just saying. There and I will be bringing. One. I will be bringing up the porno with Big Bopper later. So I need to keep it in the episode, baby. <laughs> oh. hey, baby, the why are you stuck under that? Why are you stuck under that couch, baby? You're trying to get something. You can't move, baby. What's gonna happen? Now I'm showing you how much pornography I know about. Hey, baby, we're not. You're just my stepsister, baby. We're not related, baby. This is a record for how quickly we've gone off the rails on this podcast. <laughs> that, that movie would be called The Step Big Bop. Somewhere oh, the Big Bopper is rolling over his grave right now. So that's that's just the Big Bopper. That's not you, Rob, because you respect women, right? I do. And it's shameful that the Big Bopper would be speaking like that. But I do think his song, I mean... He's singing all about Chantilly Lace. It's like. It's true. The Chantilly Lace can't, can't be anything but about sex, right? That'd be a great video. Somebody should bring that back. Huh? Is, there, is there a rapper called Chantilly Lace? There should be. There should be. And it should be all about like panties. Hmm. Hey, baby, Chantilly Lace, put it in my face. Dig through your drawers when you're not around. <laughs> you leave the house. You go to town. I go in your underwear drawer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I feel like you've thought this through previously, Rob. <laughs> and a big bumper, baby. <laughs> before before we, we started recording this podcast, I was telling Matt and Aaron and Rob that I was recommending this podcast to a few female friends of mine. And I immediately regret that right now. <laughs> hey, Russell. Okay, I can't do any more Big Bopper. Big Bopper is filthy. I don't know what it is about the Big Bopper, but saying dirty stuff in the Big Bopper doesn't seem bad. Well, if you read his lyrics, I haven't been able to expound okay. my lyrical readings lately, but <laughs> hello, baby. Yes, yes, this is the Big Bopper speaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, go ahead. Man. Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> Answer it. Oh, baby, just ignore that phone call, baby. Hello, baby. Yes, this is the Big Bopper speak. <laughs> oh, you sweet. 
I don't like it when you read it like this. This Do makes what? me uncomfortable. <laughs> Will I what? <laughs> oh, baby, you know what I like. I mean, it, the jokes write themselves. Do you think he would do anything for love, but he wouldn't do that? Is that what's going what's on? What's that, baby? <laughs> what's that? Oh, but 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 oh, honey, but oh, baby, you know what I like. Oh. Rolling, go on, Rob. I bet the big, I bet the big bopper had a very small penis. Ironically, you know what I mean. It's like when a huge guy is called tiny or whatever. Oh no, baby, let's turn the lights off, baby. All right. I'm not editing that out. I don't care. And you know what the worst part is? I had a fantasy football draft with my family. And as a joke text, I said, you need to subscribe to the podcast before you can draft. And my mom texted back and go, what's a, how do I subscribe to a podcast? And my friend goes, oh, no, don't. There <laughs> you go. Like, yeah, thank you. Yep. So, mom, if you're listening, oh, I'm sorry, babe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Pretty soon, guys. Okay. I swear to God, the next podcast we do, we're going to go at least 10 minutes before I do a super dirty joke that we need to all think about whether or not we're going to edit out of this thing. Put the clock on. We'll get the this clock This one was going. my fault. Oh. I apologize. Oh. Yeah, you okay. brought up por- Rosie brought up porn. I should never do that it. I should true. never do it. It's so rolling, going, rolling, going. Matt, now that you can think about anything else, Matt is like furiously Googling big bopper <laughs> penis size. Uh, Matt, now that you can't think of anything else. Huge hands. He's like, I got huge hands, it says. Well, Matt, rolling going. How's it going? It's going well. We're starting school this week. Uh, oh. Just want to give a shout out to all the teachers. I know we're in. We're not going to get political on the podcast, but you know the at home hybrid in in person stuff. That shit's it's, rough, uh, man. You know, it's for for the K through three third grade crowd. I mean, having oh. kids in school oh. is just awesome. And so, for all those people who are making a little bit of a sacrifice to be in schools. Appreciate you big time, and uh, you know, thanks for all the hard work. I would like to echo that real quick. My cousin Claire, who's a ardent listener to this podcast, she actually oh, no. cleans her apartment while while she listens to Beck did it better. She is actually a teacher here locally, so I'm going to give a shout out to Claire too and give her props just like you did, Matt. Hey, Claire, oh, no, baby, no. thank you for cleaning that apartment, baby. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh god! Here we go. <laughs> Someone called Jenny and unplug Rob's microphone. <laughs> so we turn up power in Manhattan. I edit this podcast. It's just me doing the big bopper for two hours. <laughs> Finally, my dream has come true. My neighbors are going to call down to the front desk of the apartment building and be like, somebody next door is doing a big bopper impression at midnight yelling <laughs> in their room. Stop. Just won't stop. They're like, it's Rob again. We know who it is. Uh, uh, yes, teachers, you're true heroes. Okay. And you probably should all get raises. Uh, Russ, how are you doing? Rolling going. Rolling going. Things are going well. As you guys know, I've kind of started this record quest where I bought my record player a few weeks ago and I bought my first record. And what I really needed is some. Pause. Shh. Do you hear that? It's time to talk about the record player. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The record scratch is gold. I, love I know, it. and then I paused for like two minutes. Uh, it's this so good. The podcast is so damn long. Sounds okay, go ahead, Russell. Man. I'm sorry. Not worth it, Russell. The real reason I bring this up is I actually went into a record store for the very first time last week. And there's kind of a weird vibe to a record store, and I'm trying to get your guys' advice. Like, if I walk into a record store, am I expected to buy something? 
can I browse for a while and just thumb through what they have and walk out? Do I have to talk to the guy who's sitting at the at the counter? Because a record store is kind of a more intimate story than going to a Target or a big store. There's literally a person in there watching everywhere you go, and they're watching what you're looking at. So what is the proper etiquette for going into a record store and, and thumbing through the records, and do I have to buy something? I mean, I'm the wrong guy to ask about this because I will always guilt by something if I ever go into a record store, but I go in infrequently enough now, I will always buy something out of guilt because I, if, if I were going on a, on the daily, I wouldn't, but right now I, I, I mean, I don't go anywhere now, but previously, like there are a couple of record stores in Oakland. I would only go like three times a year, in which case I would always be buying a record. Uh, yeah. Aaron is so bad in a record store that he went in one time and the guy was like, buy this $600 record player. He's like, okay, I will. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. The guy's like, that record player sucks. <laughs> Shit. You need to buy a $900 record player. And Aaron's like, okay, I will. I'm sorry. He's my father-in-law. No, I think it's like a, I, oh, go ahead, man. Oh, I was going to say, I go in there usually and I've got something in mind that I want to buy. And, or if I don't, I, I think of something like, uh, I want to buy 10 by Pearl Jam. You know, because and then just say, sir, you're here every week by 10 10 by Pearl Jam for, oh, you know, I'm just kind of browsing, but, you know, really looking to say your Pearl Jam selection. And typically there's not a Pearl Jam selection in the the record (laughs) categories. And so, you know, it's kind of an easy out of there. So if you if you have something to go in with and say, you know, I think I'm looking for this and they say, oh, you know, sorry, we don't have it. It's it's an easy out to, to not buy anything. That's true. You could just ask for Jethro Tull. Or at this point now, you can you be like, oh, I was just looking for Herbie Man Push. And then if they have it, you obviously have to buy it. But if they don't have it. I, I posted to Facebook that Herbie Man album got more people replying to me saying, oh, I have that album. I have that album. <laughs> and they all were like this five-year age gap of like, I, I would guess similar to Russell's mom's age, where it's just like, oh, yeah, everyone had Herbie Man. He was like the most famous guy who totally fell off the map. Who follows you on Facebook? Uh, oh, lots of people. Yeah. Well, uh, according to the likes about your posts about our podcast, it's only one person. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and that's your my sister. cousin who I pay to call in. <laughs> I think I think Russell, you have to you have to ask yourself: Is a record store more like a vape store where you can just go in and look at the bongs and check it out, and you don't have to buy anything and you can leave, and that's totally Bubblers. acceptable? Yeah, you can go in and see what's going on, and it looks cool, and you're like, oh, this is neat. And then you leave. You don't actually have to get anything. I find that does help in social situations. The store manager is right there. They're watching you. So when you walk in, if you walk into Target, if you walk into Target and you walk around and walk out, nobody knows. If you walk yeah. into the record store and you kind of look around for a while, they see what you're looking at. And if you walk out, they're like, well, that asshole, they didn't buy anything. And oh, then there's enough gonna, people. No, there's enough no, people no, no. that are in and out that aren't buying anything. But, I but think the, you got to figure out if the guy's the manager, too. If the guy or gal's the manager or the owner. If they're just the manager, ah, you're good. But if the owner, that's where I start feeling a little bit worse because I know this guy's got all his life into it. It goes by hair length, right? The longer their hair, the more senior administrator <laughs> they are. So like down here, this is manager length. And if the guy has hair like down here, you know he's the owner. But I think but, a record store is kind of more like, uh, you, you think it's more like an Arby's where if you go in and look around and then leave, everybody's like, what the fuck? Like, what happened with that guy? <laughs> Why would you? Nobody buy has ever gone into an Arby's. Nobody has ever gone into an Arby's. Looked at the menu and been like, "Oh, I don't want this." You know that when you go into an Arby's, you, you want Arby's. It's the only thing every time. Yeah, chicken, it's, bacon, it's the only. You want that one. big Montana. You want I the curly fries. Part of the intimidation for go, me going in the record store, though, is as you guys know, as we've gone through this quest, I'm not this huge music buff, and so if I go in there and I ask for Exile and Main Street, 
is this guy going to look at me like, oh, this dude's just asking for one of the most popular albums of all time. And then I'm just kind of some noob who, who doesn't know what he's doing in there. Like, if, even if you are, who cares? And I don't think I mean, Exile is actually like a noob record, really. Like, it's it. it I, I feel like there are certain things that get that garner respect and Exile would be one of them, regardless. I think as long as you're not asking for a greatest hits, I think yes. you're set. I think yeah. I think that's it. Now, yeah. this record store did not have Exile in Main Street, and I was kind of thrown. I just figured a record store would have everything. I figured it would be like a, <laughs> if you go into a bookstore, they've got Moby Dick there, right? There's no way you go to a Barnes and Noble and they don't have Moby Dick. It's like an Arby's with no roast beef, son. <laughs> <laughs> Moby Dick is a sure fascinating that. book. There's also uh, there's a great uh, podcast called Moby Dick go. Energy. It's really good. They go by Moby Dick chapter by chapter. It's really good. I, is there I an audio it. version with the big bopper doing the audio book? Or oh, not? I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a porno about Moby Dick, isn't there? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, baby, I mean, call me Ishmael, Russell, you open I like, the door, Rosie. You I open like the Rob's door. Uh, vape store analogy because I do find that in certain situations, um, my, my the thing I can relate it to is there's a wine shop in Oakland that I've always really loved, but sometimes it's like too cool for me. But I happen to know that one of the dudes who works behind the bar at the wine shop loves to smoke weed. And so if I just think like, if you just assume that everyone on the other side of the counter is stoned, then you just you feel better because you're like, oh, they don't care what I say. They're not like they're not judging me right now. They're just stoned. So I think you can apply that to the record store. You can just assume that anyone who's working behind the counter at a record store is stoned. And I feel like there's some freedom in that. It's the modern it's the modern. Imagine the audience naked. Yes, exactly. Go ahead, Russ. Can I take this one step further? The only other store I felt this uncomfortable in is about a year ago, I went to Michael's, like the craft store, to try oh. to find one particular thing that I was looking for. No, wait, 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 wait. We're not letting you get a lot away with this. What, what were you looking for, Russell, yeah, we at know. Michael's? We got Okay, know. so I made this oh, really cool kind of, kind, kind of wheel, like the, what's that game show with Bob Barker, The Price is Right? Yeah. You know how they mm-hmm. got the big wheel where they spin the wheel? Yes. So I decided I was watching my nieces and nephews for a weekend. I had all four of or three of the four of them. And so I made this. It was called Uncle Russ's like Wheel of Fun. Essentially, it's like a big wheel where you spin it and it lands on an an activity. So it could be like we're going to make Rice Krispie bars or we're going to build a fort or the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. There's like a reminder for Uncle Russ to make lunch so I don't forget to feed them while I'm down there. (laughs) There's, you know, we're going to play with wrestling action figures. It's got essentially cut this. We got to make we got to we got to we got to make money on this. Yeah, we can't put this out in the ether. Yeah. Hey, so, baby, anyways, have you heard I was about Big Bopper's Wheel of Fun, Burger. <laughs> <laughs> Why does every time Uncle Russ come over, he starts talking in the Big Bopper voice? <laughs> but anyway, so I was going to make this big wheel, but I didn't have the proper kind of a spinner thing from a game board. So I figured, oh, Michaels might have some sort of game spinner that I can put on the wheel. And so I walked in there, and I immediately walked in and was so overwhelmed and intimidated because there's literally aisles upon aisles of yarn and tag board and all these craft things. And I was, I didn't, I was scared it to is. ask anyone. And I just, I got terrified. And after about 10 minutes of wandering around, I just had to leave. Michael's is super intimidating. Cause for some reason there's like a million just styrofoam balls and you're like, well, who's using styrofoam balls, but that's all they have. It's like styrofoam balls and like the wooden letter R and you're like, what, who, who is doing all this? I don't understand. That I, that I think that's a perfect analogy, Russell, of like you go into a new place, you get stressed out. But I like the idea of just thinking like, who cares? I, I think you can go into records. I guarantee everyone. I bet half the people that go into a record store don't actually buy anything. They're just in there perusing. It's just fun. 
Thanks for that advice. I'll take it next time I go in there and don't buy it. <laughs> Wait, was that? Yeah, that was the advice corner, wasn't it? it was no, it was a record corner. corner. Oh, That's it. Time's up. Get out of the corner. That was Russell's advice. How do you know corner. you've made too many drops? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Wait, we're in the corner? Wait, record player? Wait, the whole thing, the whole show is just drops? Is the phone ringing again? Wait until next week when it's just all, hey, baby, you're in the Russell's last <laughs> corner, baby. That's the big bopper take of the week. <laughs> is, is Rob doing the big bopper voice or the Kool-Aid man voice? Really? Oh, I think it's transitioning. It's a fine line. It's a fine line. It's transitioning because nobody's going to be like, oh, the, the, Rob does such a good Joe Strummer voice. Like, I can't do that this week. So I had to come up with a new one because you guys, everybody loves my impressions. The backline's blown up. They love it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, rolling going for me because uh, nobody asked once again. So I'm going to tell you how my rolling going is going. It is. Uh, Did you do Aaron yet? Did we do rolling going for Aaron, Rob? Yeah. Oh, God damn it. This hey, Aaron, is, and actually, going. Hey, the, let me try. Let, let me. Maybe I should be the host for a little bit. <laughs> Rob, why don't you sit back and work on your butt? Your big bopper impression. I'm going to take it for a minute here. <laughs> oh no! Hey, baby. Aaron, roll, rolling, going. How's it going, man? It's uh, well, it's going all right. Uh, as I mentioned, um, there's a lot of wildfires out here in Oakland. Uh, also, we sent my son to daycare this week, so that's a nerve wracking experience. I don't know if we're doing the right thing or not. Uh, I find one thing that's comforting in these times is just to have a bucket full of chicken in the refrigerator. So I like to cook a chicken once a week. <laughs> and I just, I really. I feel better if I have some chicken in the fridge. So I just, I cook a whole chicken once a week out on the grill. Uh, and then, you know, wait, whenever wait, 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 I wait. feel a little bit peckish, I can just grab a hunk of chicken and I feel, I feel better. So what is in the bucket? Is there a whole chicken in the bucket? It's why I cut it up. You know, I, 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 I grill it or roast it uh, lately. I've been grilling cause it's hot in the house. And then I, I cut it up into pieces and then I got a nice, you know, I call uh. it a bucket. It's a little stainless steel, you know, kind of lunchbox thing. I just like to have Stainless it in the steel fridge, lunchbox. and then I can uh, snack on some chicken whenever I feel so, hungry. What does a stainless steel? You have a lunchbox in your fridge? Well, yeah, it's a box. It's it's like a contain. It's a you know a little box shaped container <laughs> made out of stainless steel with a uh, rubber made sort of lid. We don't do a lot of plastic in my what? house. Um, my lady is very you know environmentally conscious. So we have a lot of reusable containers that are made out of stainless steel. And um, yeah, I like to cook a chicken once a week and cut it up and keep it in there so I can have my snacks. What do you take home your Thanksgiving uh, leftovers in? Well, if we were going to a Thanksgiving uh, shindig, we would probably bring us a, a steel bring your lunch <laughs> container box. with yeah. us and throw some leftovers in it. They have a cast iron cooler that they bring out on the lake with them. And they're like, oh, yeah. my God, don't drop this in the lake. <laughs> It'll do. go right like, to the when bottom. We, like when we go hiking and bring sandos, then like you like when you after you eat the sando, then like the little steel containers kind of clink around in the backpack afterwards, which kind of makes me yeah. crazy, but otherwise they're great for keeping. See, that's why I just wrap my sandwiches in plastic wrap and then I throw it in the lake when I'm done. That's- it's gone. <laughs> it's clear. Goes to the bottom of the lake. Not a big deal. Nobody can see it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what makes me feel better is having a good amount of chicken in the fridge to snack on. Yeah. I legit have way too many Tupperware. Use them all the time. The resealable, mm-hmm. resealable things, but like Thanksgiving leftovers, it's like a holiday for me because that's where I just re up all of my uh, my to go containers every year. I just take a whole bunch of stuff and that's that's the best way to get that's the best place to get them. You just have like if you're like anything like me, you have like six Cool Whip containers and like you have no idea what's in there. You're like, okay, yeah. what's in this one? <laughs> that's in I, I, I think I've I've finally come to the realization of why Aaron's probably done better with women over his life than I have, and it it comes down to chicken choices. 
Aaron, when he said, I've got a bucket of chicken in my fridge, yeah. in my mind, I immediately thought, oh, he's got a big, like a huge bucket of KFC. That's exactly or what I thought too, Russell. And, and because if I were dealing with stress, it certainly wouldn't be me out on my grill, grilling a chicken and then putting it in like my metal bucket. It, it would be me pulling through the drive through <laughs> See, Russell. When, when Aaron started that, I was like, oh, it's, it's going to be KFC. And then he started talking. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. He grilled this chicken. And it's probably the healthiest meal he's ever had. That's so funny because when he started talking about chicken, I, of course, thought he was just talking about chicken tenders, like an enormous bucket of chicken tenders of like chicken All fingers would be delicious. in the fridge. Because, you know, my appetizer sampler take, you know, I think it's the best <laughs> meal that you could possibly get at a restaurant. I think that's a great idea. All right. So actually, the fact that I interrupted Aaron and ignored his rolling going and then wanted to talk about hey, me. Rob, I believe I'm the host. Oh, Can I finish being the host for a minute? Rob, it's not so your rude. night. Hey, sometimes it's, hey, Rob, it's sometimes it's not your night or whatever that voice is. Oh, my is. God. Is that what I sound like? Rob. Oh, no. Rob, oh, roll no, it going. baby. Rob, roll it going. How's it going? Uh, yeah, no, I actually, I don't like this. I'm thrown off by not being in charge of this. Um, so Get some smelling salt. Actually, hit, hit the smelling salt quick. Actually, me. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, no. Uh, me uh, uh, ignoring Aaron. No. So me talking over Aaron and just wanting to talk about myself is exactly what went wrong with my weekend uh, and is the, the subject of my rolling going. And I am going to need some advice on this. So my wife's birthday. Uh, Get to the corner, bro. My Rob wife's to the corner. <laughs> Rob, Rob, you need to go to the advice corner. The corner. We don't give Russell. advice for free. Get, 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 get to the corner. It's time for Russell's Rob's Rob's Corner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys see, it? When, when I'm running the stings, I was right on point. When I'm the host, everything is right on time. Whereas Rob, we usually, usually have to tell him, I was right on that. Rob, whenever you're ready to step aside, right. I'm, I'm ready to fill in. All right. No, Rob, yeah, tell no, us what's bothering you. Yeah, you can you. do blonde on blonde. We'll let you do take charge of that. Actually, that sounds great. Um, so we, But there's a porno about it's, that. It's, Hey, we got to save the blonde on blonde porno jokes for next week. Let's not jump the gun. Hey, Rosie, open the door. That's all I got to say. Hey, baby, don't make those jokes today, baby. Save some jokes for tomorrow. Like we're going to run out of porn jokes. Try so hard to think of sophisticated Rob, jokes. Rob, rolling going. How's it going? What happened with your family weekend? Wife's birthday was this weekend. It is right before school starts every year. It is the worst time to possibly have a birthday. Okay. And the problem is I say that Jenny, like 29, I think 30 I say, this yeah, year. She is. Yeah. She just turned 19. So here's the thing <laughs> is, uh, is that sh- we went to a hotel in New Jersey, out in the mountains in New Jersey, really pretty. We actually went hiking every day. It was really fun. It was a great trip. Went to the pool with the girls every day. Like it's, we haven't had a chance to do a trip with just the four of us. So it's been nice to like, just hang out with them. However, when you book a trip with a family in a hotel room, and then when you actually go to the hotel room with your family, it really is like two different, totally different ideas of what, what's going to happen at all times. Like it's just clothes. Every square inch of the floor is covered in clothes that people have just taken out (laughs) of their suitcases and thrown down. You never have any amount of privacy. Everybody's in there. Like the kids are watching TV and they're like, what's going on with all these ads? Why are there ads? Like they don't understand the concept of ads. (laughs) And just everybody is at some point, everyone is naked at some point. Like you're just naked walking around the hotel. And it's just like, it's very awkward. It's, 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 is it that much different that you guys, you have an apartment in New York. Is it that much different than being in an apartment in New York? That's what I thought too, is it's going to be like an apartment, but like the apartment, the girls have two rooms. We've got a bedroom. There's none of that. The bedroom is the room. Like it's like having a studio apartment. 
and nobody ever closes the door to the bathroom. So it's like having a studio with a toilet in the middle. It's like a jail cell, really, like with a toilet in the middle of the jail cell. That's what it's like. Going to a hotel with my family is like being in a jail cell. Now, that being said, I had a great time. Here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it was my wife's birth. Okay. Now, I am not a gift person. The problem is, is I don't think about other people a lot. Okay. I'm mostly thinking about myself at all times. That's why I'm bad with names. That's I've realized I just, I'm constantly thinking about myself and whatever your guys' names are. Here's the deal <laughs> is that she bought. Okay. So I, I, I'm just going to tell you right now, I fucked this up. Okay. And I know I did. I'm oh, never, sorry. Never I did. admit you're wrong. Never admit you're wrong. Uh, okay. So she bought her own birthday cake. Was was it a was it a fried chicken cake or was did Aaron grill a chicken and send it to her and put it in like a cake pan? She bought her own birthday cake. I'm just gonna say that again. My wife bought her own birthday cake, brought it on the trip, and then bought her own candles at the grocery store. At no point did I have a gift for her ready to go. I had ordered them the day before we left, and of course they all came later. And of course she hated she hated almost every, I got her a fanny pack, she hates it. Ooh. I got her a pillow, she hates it. Ooh. I got her uh I got her a bunch of Nespresso pods. It turns out she had gone the day before and bought all the same exact Nespresso pods that I had bought. You bought the right ones. That's a win. It's not your fault. I bought her some shirts that she can bench press in that have a textured back. And she turns to me and goes, I can't wear a crop top. (laughs) So literally I struck out every single gift was terrible, but here's what happened. I'm going to, I'm going to go update my bubble profile and say, if we ever, if if something ever happens here, I will make sure to never forget candles for your birthday cake. That, yeah. I'm going to change that right well, now. So here's here's the problem. The grocery store screwed me over because we bought the candles. We lost them somewhere. Between the grocery store and the hotel room, we lost the candles. Well, you we said com- we bought the candles. Who bought the candles? Well, you know, I like I. Did I pay for it? I think she might have paid for them. Some of I think I was like dealing with the kids. She, I think she paid for What's them and the loaded in the car. Go? Guys, this is not my this is not my finest moment. Okay. <laughs> we go for a hike. We come back. Jenny says, listen, we have to go to dinner in 45 minutes. We're going to have the birthday cake before dinner with candles. My family's going to be on the phone. I said, okay. So in my mind, I have like a half hour before we do the birthday cake, right? She goes, I can't find the candles anywhere. I said, oh, oh, that's too bad. I then sit down and start playing <laughs> oh. our podcast and editing oh, no, it out loud no. without I'm headphones time on. Out. I'm time, time, hey, on, time why out. Why would you do such time a thing? What, Rob, what you, are, you are putting, you, you are associating our podcast with the, your stupidity and the mistakes that you're making in our life. You cannot do that. This is not fair. This is not fair to the three of us who you don't remember our names. We deserve I, better than that. I will say we did have one of those fights where she was a kind of like upset in the bed next to me when we were all going to sleep at night. And I said, what's wrong? And the word podcast did come up about five times oh, during no. the, oh, no. during the hour long fight in the dark with our kids listening to us as we fought each other, uh, as we argued with each other, I should say. So it was really good that the podcast, yeah, is now permanently associated with everything. So I'm sitting there editing the podcast out loud and being can like, we have a, we have a sting where it's just called Rob's a dick for associating the podcast with the stupid oh, no. behavior. Oh no! So I'm editing the podcast. Meanwhile, she is taking the, her own birthday cake out of the box, oh, putting geez. it down, and she says to me again, "We don't have any candles." And I say, "Oh, that's too bad." And I continue to edit the podcast. So then you're laughing at your own jokes and just going. <laughs> I don't know why Russ sends me these edits. These these jokes yeah. are so funny. <laughs> 
I'm like, sweetie, what do you think of my, what do you think of my Mick Jagger impression? Uh, so then I actually end up going to go. I realized then that she's very mad. Sounds like Ringo. I run to the store to go get candles. Can't find any store because I don't know where anything is. Late coming back, late for the phone call with her family, late cake, late getting to dinner. It was an absolute disaster and it's all my fault. And that was my, so my question is this, how do you buy a gift for your wife? What's your gift buying style? Cause I think that was my only problem is I didn't buy the right gifts. If I would have bought the right gifts, I think this would all blown over. So Matt, how do you buy gifts for a spouse? How do you do it? I think, well, I, I think we've, what's your I gift think style, figured Matt? It out. Yeah. I think we figured it out where she's about as bad as uh, my mom's never going to listen to this. Oh, castle, oh I can say this. Oh, my no. mom is oh, not no. a very good gift giver. can't take it giver. back. Rob doesn't delete anything. I know. But, like, Wait she's not a very good gift Hey, Rob, it's, I'm it's, taking it's, over here. It's, it's time for one-on-one <laughs> with Eric. Matt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I was right on point with that sting. You see how I did that, Rob? <laughs> that was great. That was great. Rob, you got some lessons to learn. <laughs> I'm, having a, I'm having a tough Russell week, here. for sure. I I think I was scarred growing up, and I just, I never liked birthday gifts i don't like christmas gifts it's just it's one of those things i think if what? you if you want if you want to get if you want to get you're an adult now rob you make money you've got a you've got a daytime job if you want a new bike you go buy a new bike if you want a new pair of shoes you go buy a new pair of shoes you don't need to wait till christmas to get it or something so i don't know i'm I, and so sarah you see you see a gift i have for matt i'm putting it now slowly behind my back like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> so sarah is kind of the same way and it's just, it's enough. I mean, I, I kind of sympathize with you, Rob. It's enough to just wrangle the two girls, right, and get everything situated. And, I mean, we've got tens of listeners to this podcast that need you to edit it and get it out on time. And so I, I think it's kind of being a little selfish on Jenny's end. Matt, not, uh, that's exactly understand. what I wanted to hear. This whole thing is Jenny's fault. She should, why'd she bring a cake? <laughs> why the cake is what messed it up. Now what, what is she doing? She She's just squatting and dessert. Now I know I can dinner. Now I know I can email her and say, "Hey, I know why the the podcast said it was so late last week because you made Rob out go and buy <laughs> <Yeah>. candles." <laughs> no, but Sarah and I, you know, wrap wrap up your question. Sarah and I, I think, you know, we've just kind of got it down where we we don't really buy each other presents anymore, and it's more of like, "Well, do you need anything? Do you want anything?" And it's not like I need to surprise her; she doesn't need to surprise me with a you know, a new shirt or something like that. So I think we've got it down good. Could have picked any other example except for what I bought Jenny. Uh, (laughs) A benching shirt. New shirt or fanny pack. Aaron, Rob, I'm running this part of the advice corner. If you just want to go sit in the corner and chill for a while, that would be helpful. Aaron, what would your advice to Rob be? Uh, As a married guy, how do you handle gifts? I mean, we we still do full-on gifts. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to recall what I bought Anna for her birthday this year. It was in January. Um, you know, we have a tough one because really the, the birthday comes right after Christmas. So, um, yeah, I try to like do the shopping all at once. Uh, anniversaries are pretty easy. We both like stick to the, the script of the, uh, traditional anniversary gifts. So we try to like that, that at least helps. It gives you kind of a category. So you choose a, a category from the traditional anniversary gifts, uh, and, um, you know, go that way. Wait. But yeah, you do that. Rough. You do like like the fifth year is so like you're the guy. Yeah, you're like you're the one. Oh, fifth, yeah, year is, one. fifth year is paper. So here's some paper handcuffs. Oh, six years brass. Here's some brass handcuffs or whatever. You know, year seven the bucket of chicken. Well, we're not getting the KFC chicken. Here's some brass underwear. You know what I mean? Uh, so anniversaries are easy. Hey, but, uh, um, yeah, birthdays. I I think I end up 
I don't know, Rob. Like, I feel like the bench shirts are nice. Like, I typically buy Anna a lot of clothes. Like, I always feel like clothes are like what? you're thinking about what they what? use and can wow. like, yeah, you know, you try to keep things useful. Um, man, I do not recall what birthday was this year. So maybe I'm striking out. But I think, I think you have to like listen to the stuff they want and things they might want to use. Yeah. <laughs> that's, my, I don't know, that's my advice. Rob, maybe you need maybe you need advice from a uh, advice from a single guy on gifts. I would love yeah, that. So so far, I've got I've got two people saying Jenny's the problem here. So Russ, what do you say? <laughs> I think generally, the guy's probably the problem here. I've in my online dating extravaganza over the last few years, I've only given gifts or even flowers a hand handful less than a handful of times, and every time I've given someone flowers, it's been a complete complete disaster. It's either been the response is, oh, I'm not really into flowers. I'm like, well, now I feel like a jackass. Who says that? Who get, oh, who do you give flowers to? And they go, I'm not really flowers. into flowers. I mean, My you're not just like, not like roses. You're not just like giving yeah. it to them like in the airport or something. I mean, like on the street, oh, like these oh, are Rob, women you're on dates oh, with, Rob, right? You're not just oh, going up to women and giving them flowers. Oh, I'm giving it to them in the airport. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hey, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to get on a plane, baby. <laughs> Give Rob, something to the I, big bob before I get on this plane. It's definitely going to land, baby. Can I tell you guys about the most embarrassing gift I've given in no, the online dating world? No, we got to keep this podcast. Yes, of course, Russell. We, we cannot keep it wait. Five hours. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to spend five hours. I don't care. So I got to let's go. go. That boat has I got to oh, We might need to delete this. We we may need to delete this. That, <laughs> yeah, I get oh, yeah. I get full. Get ready. Mark this right here, Rob. I, I, I get full. Uh, you know, I get full approval it. rights on this one. All right, I promise to delete it. So I'd gone out with uh, with this girl a handful of times or whatever, and she invited me over to her place. For What's her name? I. No, that's not happening. She invited me over to her place. We were gonna, she was going to make dinner or something. So I'm like, oh, I should bring flowers or something. I should bring like a bottle of wine. Or I should bring something, right? So I'm like, nice. oh, I know she went to Arizona State. So I'm going to get sunflowers. That's Those are the colors of her school. I'm like, at least it's creative. It's probably a stupid idea, but like I'm creative. Isn't and it it, I like that gold. idea. That's nice. It's good. Yeah. How are they maroon? Yeah, they're like the same color as the Minnesota Gophers, right? right. Is a sunflower maroon in the middle? Yeah, what the hell else is it? It's like black. <laughs> Whatever. So I went and bought these sunflowers that I thought looked like Arizona the State. Sun devils, sunflowers. Where I do you think I went? I Iowa? I would have dated you. And, and so this is, again, I went into another store. You tell us, I went into another store, Bachman's, which I was <laughs> extremely uncomfortable in. So it seems like any store I go into, I have a problem. <laughs> Shockers. <laughs> that was subtext. That was a visual joke, Matt. So anyways, I go in there, I go in there and I buy these sunflowers. I'm like, oh, this, at least it, it, I'm thinking about who she is. At least there's a, there's a thought process. It might be deranged, but there's something there. And so I bring them in there and I get them. She's like, oh, that's really nice. And she seemed like uh, happy about it. And I was like, oh, this is going well. And then she's like, here, cut these, put them in this vase. And I start cutting them and I can't cut them. And she gives me a knife. I can't, I can't cut them. It oh, turns no. out I was so stupid. I bought fake sunflowers, <laughs> like yes. the fake like plastic ones. <laughs> yeah, you were in Michael's. It turns out you were in Michael's by accident. You're like, oh and, shit! And I bought all the, the fake here's flowers. The worst, plastic trees. Here's the worst part. So I go up in this store that I'm super uncomfortable in. And I walk up with like you know a handful of these like sunflowers out. It's like in a vase. I'm like, oh, they got to be real. 
And so I have them like wrap them in like the wrapping oh. paper. Oh no. Russell. And so I think I'm, I'm being Dr. <laughs> Smooth here, at least trying, at least giving an effort. And I walk in and, and literally I bought her fake son is what was my gift. So Rob, they must don't have, ever buy your wife any gifts. They must, well, <laughs> they must have thought you were the dumbest person at the flower shop. And they're like, okay, this guy wants to wrap up plastic you, flowers, but I guess. see now why I don't want to go in Michael's and I don't want to go in the record oh store? Oh my God. Every time you go into Michael's, it must be like PTSD. It's so many fake flowers in there. You're like, oh, <laughs> Matt. Then you buy one. It's a real flower. You're like, oh no. It's just, it, it kind of comes back to the Simpsons and the wisdom of Homer. <laughs> Homer Simpson, Jay Simpson, that trying only leads to failure. So just don't even try anymore. You know what, Matt? That is some smart shit. And because I'm controlling the board tonight, I'm going to play, hey, Matt, that's some smart shit. <laughs> that was Matt's smart comment of the week. Ooh, that's some smart, smart shit. You're good at this board, Ooh, Russell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say, I did say to my wife, you know, in classic, like, argument mode, like, what should I have done? And she was like, you should have just asked me what I wanted and bought me that. And I was like, Actually, correct. That's actually 100% correct. And of course, I didn't say that. I said something like, you're so much like your mom. You know, something just really hammer home this fight. Like, like we're we're not going to bed for another hour. I'm going to really drop a bomb (laughs) on you. By the way, she is she is like your mom. And I love Bernie, too. She's the my mother-in-law is amazing. Okay, go ahead. The correct answer to get you out of the corner here. We're going to give you this last piece of advice. Go to your wife and say, hey, look, there's a reason we're married and people like Russ are single. Did I ever get you fake sunflowers for your birthday? That's true. Oh, no. <laughs> That's it. Time's up. Get out of the corner. That was Russell's Rob's. advice corner. Oh, yeah. I will say, I like the idea, though. Did you go try to return the plastic flowers? And they're like, sir, why are these all cut up about a fourth of the way up? Like, why are they all hashed? <laughs> no. So we're there and, and I start cutting them and I, I can't cut through them. But I'm like, what's going on here? And then there's all of a sudden the wheels start turning. I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a complete moron. These are fake. And so she starts trying to cut through them. And it took her a minute to realize they were fake too. And she starts thinking, oh, you did this on purpose. It's like a joke. And I'm and I, and I just admit, I'm like, hey, this wasn't a joke. I'm just an idiot. Oh my god, Russell, that is the greatest story of all time. And I just, I, I never ever gonna listen to Radiohead. Plastic trees. <laughs> Think about it the same ever again. It's so good. Yeah, that that I would love to have a reenactment of that with that song playing over the top of it. I think it'd be so great. Oh, but by the way, just for the record, that was the last time I saw her. Also, <laughs> so she's somewhere on a podcast now, telling a story about yeah. a guy who brought her fake flowers, and she's like, "I wish I could I'm, see that guy again. That was so clever." Yeah, I'm sure she's thrilled. My wife would have been thrilled with plastic flowers, Russell. She would have been so much happier with you than she was with me that night. Oh, my God. You know, and asking, hey, what do you want? You know, and then you, you're, there's always the good chance that you're going to get to, ah, you know, I don't know. And then she forgets. And then you say, oh, well, I did ask you and you didn't give me anything. And then you're off the hook that way, too. Well, she did get back at me, though, because we were planning on doing a hike at 6 a.m. the next day. And then we stayed up discussing the issue until like 1130. And she goes, air quotes? and she's like, yeah, there were definitely air quotes there. And I did. And she was like, okay, it's too late. We won't go on this hike tomorrow. Five 45. She wakes up. She goes, we're going on the hike. Get up. I was like, oh no, this is the ultimate payback. <laughs> waking me up early and making me go hiking. The only thing I've been thinking about over the last 20 minutes is we need to get our LLC agreement figured out. So Jenny can't take a quarter of this podcast here in the oh next week, <laughs> but we should move on. We should move on. Hey, let's move on to the album. 
Let's talk about London Calling. <laughs> We're one hour into the podcast. Rob, why don't we talk <laughs> about our experience calling. with the band and the album? Rob, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna be fair and I'm gonna turn the I'm gonna turn the the the, the mic back over to you and let you kind of lead us through the rest of this. I, I know I've 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 been carrying us for a long ways this podcast, but I'm gonna let you do it the rest of the way. Russ has been hosting so long he had to really think about what a microphone is. Uh all right. So what is Wait, your experience? Is this a fake microphone or a real one? <laughs> Wait, why is this microphone not growing in the water? <laughs> I'm trying to cut this microphone. It doesn't work. Uh, all right. So my experience with The Clash or this album in general is none. But I also want to expand this to talk about what's your experience with punk rock music in general? Because I kept, I, I honestly, with this band, I kept confusing The Clash and the Sex Pistols in my head. Hmm. I was like, The Clash are too hardcore for me. I'm, and even last week, if you hear me, I'm like, guys, we're doing The Clash next week. It's going to be like two minutes a song. I was thinking of the Sex Pistols because I always think it's like the environment end of the song, and then and when I heard this album, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this is a incredibly musical like album. Like this is like the most I could understand. I could understand it more than Bob Dylan. I could understand it more than the last Rolling Stones album. It's crazy. I didn't even think about that they did Rock the Casbah and Should I Stay or Should I Go, but I have no experience with the Clash beside their hits. And I have almost no experience with punk except every kind of punk music that I have listened to, I've liked. I just have never gotten into it. It's, I, I'm almost intimidated to like start with punk music. I don't know. Who wants to talk about their experience next? I, I have pretty much the exact same experience, just knowing their hits. I don't know if I've ever listened to this album. Um, heard London Calling. I don't know if it's a couple movies and stuff like that. But, um, you know, the punk scene... If I was ever really into it, uh, you know, any more than just having like Green Day, yeah, that's me too. They were, you know, they were influenced by it, and maybe like a Sum Forty One and some of these other ones. But um, other than that, like it's never really been my genre, and I have almost no experience with the Clash. I I will say though, before I move on, I do say this is why I love going through this list is finding an album like this and a band like the Clash. I just it, it really is like what what have I been doing my whole life not listening to this. I also think, Russell, I would like to see you go into a record store and say, I, I want to see the punk album. And then when they ask you what punk album, say like 182, they say, like, see right. if you get kicked out of the record store. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They're punk. Are that's they punk? Are they pop punk or what? They're like, pop. that's why they're pop. definitely pop. Oh, because that's why it's so intimidating. I think of them as a punk band and I would get laughed out and I would have a green mohawk because I'm trying to because, you know, me, I immediately tried to go like way into whatever I've been to. I'd have like a, a leather chain, jacket that says shit. like. God save the queen on the back, but that's not what it's supposed to say. It's supposed to say something else. Okay. Uh, Russell, what's your experience with the clash or punk music or whatever? I don't really have any meaningful experience with the clash or punk music. When we've been kind of going through the, the quest, we came across the Ramones was, is that's considered punk music, right? Yes. 100%. Right. Aaron. Yeah, I think so. I mean, <laughs> I'm not know? a punk aficionado either, man. I like, I've got, you haven't even gotten to me yet. I, I don't the, the, the interesting, they're the New York punk scene. scene but yeah, I, you know, I think the Ramones are probably they're not. But the the interesting thing for me was when I, when I was listening to this album, when I was about to listen to this album, I just figured the Clash is kind of like your typical rock band, and then you start listening and you hear punk, if you want to call it that. But you hear there's like reggae, there's ska music, what I would call ska yeah. music. There's yeah. like pop music yeah. on this album, and it was very different than what I had associated with well, what the Clash was. Well, Joe Strummer was a man of the world, I think. He really was taking influence from a lot of places. But but the one thing that I thought was really interesting is when you listen to this, there's other types of music. It's not what I would consider punk music, even though I'm by far not a punk aficionado. 
But I also watched a documentary on Joe Strummer and the story of The Clash, and it was pretty interesting. But it, it, it seems like this album is essentially The Clash moving a little bit away from yeah. punk music. It's kind of similar to Bob Dylan moving away from from what he was doing, right? Or the so Beatles. I just thought it was, it was a really interesting story, and but I didn't really have any meaningful history with the album, but I, I did enjoy listening to it. I mean, or it's like the Beatles moving away, or the Beach Boys moving away. But the but but I think the the big difference there is the Beatles and the Beach Boys and and Bob Dylan they had such huge success mm. and then they said oh I'm just sick of playing uh, the what's super popular stuff. yeah and you know the Clash started moving away because I think the research that I saw was that they were afraid that they were about to fizzle out and have to go get day jobs they, you know? they almost so, did it reverse where they're moving away from the counterculture following that they have. And moving into like a more pop culture, right? It's kind of like Sugar Ray from the 90s, right? I mean, he was a big hardcore guy. Then he played that one song, and all of a sudden, he's a big doo-wop, bebop. That was Matt's smart comment of the week. Ooh, that's a smart (laughs) shit. A big doo-wop, bebop guy. Ooh, yeah. Damn, you guys are so smart. I said some dumb shit, and then you came in and said something so smart. Shoot. All right. Keep, uh, Russ, or I'm Aaron, sorry, Aaron. Aaron. God damn it. Hey, Russ has got me all thrown hey, up. Hey, I got to know. Hey, Aaron, Aaron, what's your history with this album? My history with this album is I'm, uh, so when I first graduated uh, college, we went to college together. I got a job. First, yeah. I, nice I got work. a job making um, $11.22 an hour, uh, which at the time seemed like a lot. So every other week I got paid and I would buy a few CDs. And I remember buying this CD. And thinking, I really should figure out the clash because all I knew was um, train in vain and um, maybe should I stay or should I go? So I was like, I should really get into the clash. And um, so I I know this album pretty well. I know very little else of the clash. Um, I really liked a couple of Joe Strummer's late career solo records. I loved the song he did uh, called Mondo Bongo for the Mr. and Mrs. Smith soundtrack. Uh, I am one of the only. Oh, let me fans play. Let of... me play that real quick. Hey, Aaron. Aaron, yeah. Aaron I'm going to cue this up for a second. Uh, so Matt, you just got up and left, but this flash. is, of course, is Mondo Bongo. I know you know this is Mondo Bongo, but this is Mondo Bongo. <laughs> I'm one of the world's only fans of the of the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith uh, with with Brad Pitt and Angelina, and I just I vividly remember the two of them dancing to this song in the movie. So I, I was into that one. Uh, also really got into, uh, it might have been Joe Strummer's last album called Streetcore uh, with Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros. There was a point in my 20s where I was super into old dudes singing about their own mortality. And the song Silver and Gold what to me the- was just like one of, I just really loved the song Silver and Gold by Joe Strummer. I'm gonna go out dancing every night. I'm gonna see all the... Aaron goes to the record store and goes, can I go to the section about old guys <laughs> singing about immortality? Yeah. You got that section? That's me, man. They probably like I'm when into. Aaron comes in because he walks in like with his own bucket of chicken. I walked into the record store with a KFC bucket. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> well, when Aaron walks in, they think he's coming to pick up the next shift. They're like, oh, good, you're here. You can work. <laughs> Aaron's got that record store. So this was store, off look the album Streetcore, which I really loved. Uh, my Very history cool. with punk music is I, I like when I growing up, I grew up in Ankeny, Iowa. I thought Green Day was punk music. Uh, and yeah. And then my other, exp- I, I never got into punk as a kid. So I've tried to get into it as I've, as I've gotten older. It's like, it's hard to get into punk as a 40 year old, but uh, the punk albums, I, I, I really, I like bad brains a lot. 
Um, and Bad Brains, their first album came out in 1982. I looked this up today because I went back to their first album, um, which is well after London Calling. And their sound is much more, I think, uh, sort of traditional punk with like really thrashy guitars and poor sound quality on the vocals. Uh, and then the other song, a uh, punk song that I know really well that I would shout out is called This Is Not a Photograph by Mission to Burma. I was hip to by a friend of mine, um, which is a great punk song and is is a like a real good uh, kind of a piece of art uh, in and of itself. But I never got into punk as a as a kid. Oh, uh-huh. that was Aaron's left field take of the week. What the photograph of Burma about? is a song that nobody oh. else has ever heard of. <laughs> that is to Barton. I don't even think that was a stretch. I could hit that button almost 30 times during Last that. Last time I went to KFC, I brought up photograph of Burma and they looked at me like, well, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> The band is called Mission of Burma. The song is "This Is Not a Photograph." You have a you have a bouquet of fake flowers, and you're asking for a bucket of extra crispy, sir. I'm going to tell you right now, as a manager of KFC, I have to tell you this date is not going to go well. I'm going to advise you to go straight home. And I just got to check off all these things I thought I was doing right. <laughs> all right, so now. No, Russell, I don't know what to do next. Rob, we should we should go over like what's what's. What what's the story of this album? Oh, okay. So the story of this album, basically, this is their third album. They've put out two beforehand. Uh, by the way, nobody has ever emailed or said like, "Oh, my favorite part is where Rob blabs on endlessly about the album." So I'm trying to keep this part kind of short. But basically, they showed up. They had no songs written for this album, so they're super worried. They, they've had a writer's block for a year. They have nothing going on. So what they do is they start having a rehearsal once a day. Or actually twice a day, but they kick out all the hangers on. They won't let them be in there because they don't want them to judge the music that they're playing. And they start playing covers. So they start playing reggae covers. They start playing pop covers. They start playing all this music they've never played before. And they realize that their drummer is actually super talented at playing all this. And all of a sudden they feel, they realize they can expand their musical horizons. But they said they came in and played every day from 10 to one. They went to the pub, had a drink, went out and played some footy and then had another rehearsal in the afternoon and literally just did that for like six months until they felt comfortable enough where they were writing all these songs of all these different musical styles. So the reason this album has so many musical styles on is because what they were practicing had so many musical styles. And then they, they basically, uh, this is a major change in their tone. If you listen to the earlier works and definitely don't listen to, I fought the law and the law one, cause that's not a punk song and everyone knows that. Okay. And only an <laughs> idiot would play that as an example of a punk song and take the time to download it's a it. Cover. Cover. Take the time to download it and put it on only to find out that it's totally the opposite of the point he was trying to make. And don't do that. That would be a dumb thing to do. And you're definitely not going to not fall asleep tonight thinking about that. But that is basically how the clash came out. And you're thinking about the big bopper. That's what you're going to fall asleep. The story about the rehearsals is important to me, though, because especially coming from the album we just came from, this album is super tight and precise. And the like you can yeah. hear that they were rehearsing this stuff. This is a clean and precise album. But and I'll talk about that. I'll talk about that later, Rosie. You know where I feel like this is kind of analogous to Rolling Stones a little bit. Like you know, Rolling Stones. Everybody thought they were these big blues guys, right? But they basically just copied everything in the beginning. It seems like you know they put their own spin on everything. Yeah, is the Clash as unpunk of a punk band as there's ever been? Kind of a deal. Like, right. is it that everybody who's not in punk? You know, they're like, oh, th- th- we're going to call this punk, you know, but anybody who is an actual punk artist is like those sellouts. Is, it I seems like this is not punk, right? Yeah, it, it seems like 
somebody said, oh, these guys introduced punk to the world, you know, but all the punk guys, the Ramones, the, the ones that I know, I don't know a lot of them. Sex are like, what? Yeah, you know, this, I mean, this is super tight, Black super flag, clean. That's, that's, not, that's not punk, is but it? Are, so, are these guys not punk because it's, they're so musically talented? And clean, and they've got, you know, they've got, they're playing all these covers. I don't know if it's and, musically yeah. talented or, or to me it's melody, right? And, and, you know, longer songs, varied tempos, lush textures. I think all those things are a departure from punk, not just being musically talented. Because I, I think you could, you know, I'm sure you could find plenty of examples of punk bands being musically talented, but I think they jumped off from the sort of minimalism of punk maybe here in this album. And then that was, the, they've got the, the punk departure. message. Russell. One, one thing I learned watching the documentary about guys, it's not just the sound, it's the way they dress. It's the way they acted before this. They kind of, they didn't dress up, but by this album, they started wearing suits all the time. They didn't do this in the first few albums. It's more than just the sound. It's the way they carried themselves. So there's definitely like a, a specific goal for them to move away from that sound and, and that the way they were playing before. It's kind of like all those girls that played in Robert Palmer's band when he was addicted to love. They're all back there with suits on. Uh, uh, I, I do think Matt made a good point before I, I cut him off, though, and that is that there are there are there's a punk message on a lot of these songs, right? I mean, it's it's yeah. they're talking about yeah. again. We're talking about police brutality. I mean, let's let's Cadillac. let's get into it. London Calling is the first one, right? They're talking about nuclear proliferation. They're talking about police brutality. They're talking about the Thames. Cadillacs. Oh, do I know yeah. how to pronounce the Thames correctly? Yeah, that's right. I call it the Thames. I'm a man of the world. They talk about it flooding and, and, and covering up London. Like, it's all these same things. So here's the first track off the album, London Calling. London Calling. See, we ain't got no swing except for the rain and the crunch of things. And I know Rob and I are going to talk about bass for this entire rest of this episode but the bass on this whole album is so great it's i loved it i thought it, i wrote in my notes it's so bass forward i think it's Melodic it's great bass really interesting sounding and and i never knew i never knew topper heaton's name before doing research for this album but when you when you read about the drumming and then you listen to the whole album just the the diverse styles that he was able to play as a drummer i think makes the whole thing it's a great op- this is by the way is one of these albums i think is put together really well great opening yeah. song Great closing song, and it's got some awesome London guys doing reggae in the middle. Just what I want on every album. Hey, Irie, Irie, man. Rob, is there any way we can play the beginning of the song? Because I think the beginning of the song is super interesting, too, because this is where it really, Matt, Matt always describes this really well. It's beginning of the first song really catches your attention and pulls you in. If you listen to this, I think this is about as good of a beginning of an album as you could ever listen to, right? Yeah, you absolutely could not sequence this album in any other way. This has to be number one. Russell, you just went to the record store. You come back. You it was a nervous experiment. You're you're a wreck. You stopped at KFC on the way home. You I got like four sides. <laughs> I, I did the appetizer sampler of sides. <laughs> you now put on the record, and this is what you hear. Mac and cheese. Here we go. Right coming up. That is awesome. Yeah. That just where okay, would you ahead. guys put this on the all-time kind of title track, opening track? Does, where does this rank compared to What's Going On by Marvin Gaye or The Beatles, Sgt. Peppers? Where does this rank in that list? I think second below What's Going On. I was going to say the same. Dang. Yeah, I hate but to agree is. with you. Agreeing with you was boring, but yeah, I would say What's Six Going On in this one. You don't like on, this Matt, one, you say, Matt? It's not, it's not I thing. do, but I mean like the the, you know, think about Taxman is Beatles. pretty good. You're right. Oh. That's, that's the seven. That's seven of seven. <laughs> oh no, 
That's 97 of seven. Like a Rolling Stone is considered the, the greatest song of all time. Do you put this What's ahead of Bob Dylan, opener? Rolling Stone? It, wouldn't close. it be nice? Yeah. I mean, what that's way better than this song, but that's my opinion. All right. Moving on. I I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think this is a great, for this album, I think you couldn't pick, uh, certainly it's the best song you could pick off this album to be an opener. This album, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I But I do think, I agree with Matt, Taxman is better. All right. Next one. Brand new Cadillac. <laughs> this is a uh, cover from Vince Taylor and his Playboys, and this is their warm-up song. So here we go. Do we know when the original was written or first recorded? Is it a 50s song? I think so. This is what they would use when they were doing like their sound checks. They would always play the song, so they just threw it, it on the album. Like rockabilly to me. I always wonder if Prince listened to The Clash. I'm sure he listened to The Clash. I mean, I'm sure. He, what else did he do with his time? Like, he didn't do jack shit. He, just, he was, right? Rosie, he was like you, except if you were a world-famous musician. If I were talented. You know, know what I do when I'm listening <laughs> to The Clash? What? Yes. Every time we listen to an album, I try to pair it with a new wine or a new drink. And so tonight I'm drinking, it's called The Calling Cabernet from Alexander Valley out in Sonoma. There we go. The wine presents black cherry, vanilla, spice aromas, and ripe raspberry. But the coolest thing about this wine I'm drinking tonight is it's a partnership with some entrepreneur named Peter Douche, as I would call him, <laughs> and, and the famous <laughs> sports commentator Jim Nance. Jim Nance, the voice of like the NFL is part of the partnership that put this together. But so this is what I'm drinking while I'm listening to this album. But a really interesting thing that we didn't get a chance to touch on with with the first song was, did you guys know when they were playing that song, Joe Strummer was playing the piano on London Calling and their producer didn't like the way he was playing it. So he walks in and he pours a bunch of red wine all over the Joe Strummer's piano because like, I hate the way you're doing this. And he pours red wine all over it. So I got such a kick out of that. And I feel like wow. I had to just jump in with my, my pairing of the week at this point. That's a good pair. Good pairing. My wife comes in and just pours red wine all over my computer when I'm recording this podcast. This um, podcast is the worst thing the in our marriage. On, your, on her birthday. So <laughs> as you guys know, I have notes. And, and the next thing on my notes was, can you imagine if every time Rob did something on this podcast that Jenny would walk in and pour red wine on his keyboard? <laughs> There'd be no keyboards or red wine left in the Listen, state of New York. We don't need four of us. We could just have one of us because we all think of the same jokes every single time. That's the way it is. All right. So next up, we have Jimmy Jazz. I There's no notes about this song on Wikipedia, but I loved it. I thought this was such a it's, cool switch up in oh, sounds. I love it. Yeah. This is one when I was just playing the album in the background. Like You'd stop and take notice and be like, what's going on here? Jimmy Jazz. This is such a fun, swingy beat. And, and you start to hear some of the really interesting guitar stuff that's happening, like this really cool kind of like jumping in and out of the fray with that. That is it Mick Jones is the guitar player? I don't, I, I could be wrong. Just like really cool counterpoint going on. Yeah, Mick Jones. Mick Jones, Joe Strummer, Mick Jones, Paul Simon, and, and then the drummer. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a great song. Okay, moving on, we have Hateful. This is an all-time, I think, headphone album, too, because they do a lot of, like, background singing on the left side. And, uh, I think it's yes, so it's, great. That's, it's one of those where, yeah, it's great in headphones, and, like, it's also cool to blast super loud in the house, but when you play it in your headphones, you hear all this, like, Joe Strummer doing background vocals for himself. just like, great stuff. Yeah. 
This I, was the first song on the album where I started hearing like these '90s pop bands that played in like the movies, like American Pie, where you start hearing like to me, I'm hearing some 41, I'm hearing Blink 182, yes, I'm hearing yes. kind of those bands that were always in like the mid '90s that really arose at that time. Yeah, no doubt. I, I do. They think, obviously were listening to this stuff. Yeah, and no doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Gwen Stefani, no doubt. Yes. Boom. Yes. Damn, that was so good, Russell. Walked right into that spider web. Oh, it wasn't Bachman's, but no doubt. Walked into that spider web. Ah. Uh, some 41 of what I was going to say is. <laughs> okay, that didn't, that was not as smooth as what Russell did. Dang it. All right. Do I need to take the, do I need to take the, the conch back from you, Rob? Do I need to no. take the next no. song is Ru- Rudy Can't Fail. Yeah. Hateful. What are we on? This is no, this is this is a Rudy Can't Fail. This is uh the reggae song. And I, I'm gonna tell you, guess what? I, I kept thinking they were talking about an NBA player during this. See if you can guess which NBA player they that they thought. This is the the first reggae on the album, but Aaron, don't Rudy guess Pogasol. Let him let him say. <laughs> don't stop talking about Pogasol. <laughs> Here it comes. Okay, any day now. Oh no, this is not the part with the player. I just want to. This, this is the reggae part. The one, <laughs> so were they writing about an NBA player? No, no, no. Hold on, Let, Rob. Let's play the other clip. Let's get to the right clip here. Tom Janovich. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. In Dude eBay. Rudy Gobert works. I thought for sure they were talking about Rudy Gobert there, and I was like, what is going on? Like, it really took a long time for me to figure out what the heck they were talking about. I was like, why are they singing so much about Rudy Gobert? I the only thing I heard when I was listening to this song too was Rudy Gobert too. I'm like, how do these guys know Rudy Gobert is going to be this amazing player like 30 years in the future? But it it made me start wondering, what is the greatest song ever about a basketball player who is seven foot two or greater? And oh. it's not the Rudy Gobert song by the Clash. It is There's the Yao one? Ming song. I'm going to cue it up right now. <laughs> Good drums on this. Yeah. Does with the rock, yeah. This was the first dance at my wedding. A lot of people don't know that. This really sounds like Hamilton to me. I gotta say, up. my one other Green Day related anecdote about Rudy Can't Fail is that there used uh-huh. to be a restaurant in Oakland called the Rudy's Can't Fail Cafe, owned by Billy Joe Armstrong, but now it, it is an adult miserably. arcade. It was okay. It was fine. It was there for a long time, but now it's closed hey, and it's an adult Billy Joe's Rudy can't fail. Failed miserably on Saturday. They only served grilled chicken that had no that had no deep fryer. Yeah, failed miserably. I think the problem was they on the menu they had a dookie sandwich and everybody's like, ugh. <laughs> this is the low point of my podcasting career. I came up with a a joke about Yao Ming song, and Aaron's the only basketball fan in the world I know at this point, and he immediately just went right into like this this restaurant above that didn't serve fried chicken i was all in on the yelming song i would never turn my back on hey baby you want to hear my song about wilt chamberlain (laughs) 
going from state to state. women. Pretty girls taking them down in the bed. Sexual intercourse is what he had. He got a lot of STDs. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Rudy Gobert. I'm going to get on this plane. I'll be fine. All right. I don't know why I Next keep going song. back to that. It's Next like the mean part Spanish of bombs. Rudy Spanish Gobert, also a king of infectious disease. Go for it. Bombs. Spanish bombs. Do you think the big bopper likes feet? Oh, yeah. Oh, burger. Oh, no. oh, no. I was oh, going to no. say, actually, that would be Matt like. Just, Matt just pulled the string at Rob's back and lit him up for another minute. Where's that smelling salt? I'm going to take some more of that smelling salt. Oh, yeah. Here we go. So I think the key is. I was thinking about Russ's uh, uncle, Russ's wheel, and I was thinking that half of it would just be rub Russ's right foot, and the other half is rub Russ's left foot. And like he goes, like, "Hey, we got the wheel of fun," and then the kids are like, "Oh Dude, no, not, not the wheel of fun! Don't, don't, love, don't love me into this!" Like, no, I may, it's time I to may, rub the I may, right I may foot. be a bad date, and I may buy fake flowers because I'm a moron, but I'm not a bad uncle. I, I think I you owe me an apology. I think if having yep. your nephews and nieces rub your feet is wrong, I don't want to be right. Uh, hey, baby, does somebody say feet? Oh, baby. I don't have any joke. I've been trying to this whole time to rhyme lace, Chantilly lace, with something about feet. And I kind of, Chantilly lace, put those foot dirty feet in my face. The stinky they are, the more I like. Russ's Doesn't Uncle rhyme. Wheel spins and says, Rub my feet for your, your. All right. So, next song is Spanish Bombs. This song is great. This song is great. It's a it's song about-, about the Spanish Civil War. I read a quote on Billboard.com that said, had Lennon and McCartney written a song in 1964 about the Spanish Civil War, it might have been half as good as this song. Ooh, oh, my yes. Wow. Here we go. I like the Spanish they're speaking. Apparently, it's some sort of, they called it uh, Clash Spanish with two N's. They, admitting is basically Pigeon Spanish. But this was at times in my life, this has been my favorite song on this album. So I ride for this song. I love it. I love everything about it. But Mm. I I did start thinking a little bit about this song. I had some thoughts. Oh, that's Uh that's your doubt. When people start thinking, it's not good. It started me thinking, and and I I was thinking, I I really like that. When they're talking about Spain and they're talking about Spanish bombs, they start speaking in Spanish. Oh, yeah. And they really do their See. best as some non-Spanish speakers speaking some, some Spanish. And then when you read kind of how they were doing it, they were trying to do it in a sort of vernacular. And I also got to say, like, very impressive. They sound like uh, someone who spent a semester in Spain and came back and said, well, I was in Barcelona. So when they say <laughs> corazón, they use the theta. So I, I got to give them props for all of that. But hey, do you guys want to go to the? Do you guys want to go to the tapas place downtown? And then they go and they're like, "These aren't as good as tapas in Spain." Exactly. I was actually abroad for a semester. <laughs> yep, that's exactly who they are. So I right, started wondering. The best Amstel lights I've ever had were definitely in Greece, and I bring that up all the time. <laughs> These Amstel lights are not like the Amstel lights I had in Greece. Those famous Grecian Amstel lights. Do you know how you get money in Greece to buy Amstel lights? You Grecian earn it. <laughs> okay, Rosie, talk to us about Spanish. And he's back. He's back. And as I kept listening to the to the the chorus or the the little riff where they say Yo te cuero, oh my corazón, I thought this is great. This is really good. But is it possible that anyone else, any other white guys, yes, any yes. other white guys have recorded some songs in Spanish that could be possibly I got it. better? Que ando guero. Que 
cowboys hang around sleeping in the sidewalk with a burger and it's our namesake back it's our guy give it to me and i think it's close but this is also some slang he's bringing in the slang from where he grew up this song's whales. This is it. I gotta put this on the top 100. This is can, I, can I tell you? There's no question. Hey, who did who did who did it better, Rob? Rob Matt, do you have Matt? Do you have another another yeah, suggestion? Yeah, no, I do. And I want to give Rob. Yeah, time out. I want to give Rob time to see if he could pull it up or if he yeah, will pull do it. it up. Um, hey, Matt. Me. Matt, I'll I'll pull it up while Rob's doing it, it. I'm pulling up. <laughs> Caress me down by Sublime. Okay, so I am just going to go to my browser and I'm going to type in "caress me down," and then I'm going to go to I'm going to go to "caress me down now" videos. All right, so Beck Beck song may be better than this, but well, uh, "caress me down." Not, we don't by, have a podcast. That's so, <laughs> true, Matt. Matt, Matt just. Let's allow Matt to shit all over Aaron's Beck did it better. Yeah, it yeah. happens to me about every week, so it's about time it happens yeah. to Aaron too. I'm out here trying. Well, I guess now it's a question: Did Beck do it better or not? We're gonna have a vote. We're gonna have a vote. I know what it is. This album is so good. Also, Sublime has to be very Clash yeah. influenced. This, uh, I mean, they listen to Clash for sure. I fought the law and the. I feel like so my right, biggest his name's Bradley like, and he's singing it. I should yeah, definitely should not have gotten not. the sublime in cursive letters across my back and tattoos <laughs> over the last year. Like I thought that was going to help me. And whenever I lead with that as my profile picture, it's been a disaster. That would be so good. So what do we think? Who did it better? The clash sublime or back? I put my drink under a lime. It's sublime. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this this album does slap, actually. I do love this Spanish song, but I'm going to have to say, Beck did it better. Oh, yeah. When I'm running the podcast, we all say it at the same time. All right, we're going to clap on four, and then we're going to say Beck did it better. One, two, three, four. Beck 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 did did it better. Okay, that sounds four times better than when I do it. All right, the right it's like profile. like the Beatles brought in four pianos for the last chord of Day in the Life. This is one of those where I can't understand anything British people are saying ever. I don't know what the fuck this song's about. Don't you think this sounds like the song The Boys from New York City? Do you guys remember that song? Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, cool, cool, kitty. Oh, yeah. Keep going, you know Russell. what I'm talking well, about, Obviously, Eric? all of this music is derivative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. So just hear if you guys hear like the same beat. And maybe there's a thousand songs with this beat, but this is what I thought of when I heard this. He's really fine. It's the same beat. That's the whole thing about this album. Every, every song you hear on this album reminds you of, a, of another song. So you know they were just listening to all of this back catalog stuff. Is this good podcasting, what I'm doing now, just playing these both at the same time? Hey man, what's happening? Oh, hey, where are the eggs at? Where are the eggs at? Hey, Rob's not here. Why is not Rob not here? Oh, he didn't get his wife's birthday candles for her birthday, so Rob's not gonna be at this. Hey, hey, what's happening, man? Oh yeah. Rosie's mom. Rosie's mom. This is, you can mark on your calendar. When did the podcast go insane? And it was somewhere around this point. 
Why is Rob not here? Oh, I think he's lost in the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's amazing, Russell, because that's the name of the next song. I'm going to scroll down to it. This, I love this song. It's about living in the suburbs. And I think it has the perfect tone and the perfect name of a song about living in the suburbs. Like, I went to a supermarket in New Jersey this weekend. It was so much bigger than what I'm used to in New York. And it was almost intimidating. Hey, baby. <laughs> Man, just keep ripping that string. I feel this though. Like, my, my whole family in Iowa and Minnesota go to Costco, and Costco is just way too much for me to, for me to comprehend. I would be totally lost in Costco. And just, you just do get this impression of like, you could listen to this song walking around a giant supermarket, and it would make total sense. It's so, I think it's just brilliant. I love it. I, I think someone like should open Linda a supermarket and just song. play that song on loop. Wait, did Linda Ronstadt record that? I don't know. It sounds I'm like I'm sure. It. <laughs> uh, this is, next one is Clamp Down. This is the second single off the album after uh, London Calling. And this is about basically everybody, and it's it sounds pretty familiar. I don't want to get political, but it sounds pretty familiar of everybody was saying, listen, we need to clamp down on these protests. We need to clamp down on these strikes. We need to clamp down on all these agitators. And they're saying, guys, you need to be part of the problem here. Like, work for the clamp down. Sorry, Beto. Miss you, man. I'm telling you guys, I loved listening to this album. When I get away, baby. Somebody say clamp down? That doesn't make any sense. All right. One thing, one thing we never talked about when we kicked off this album is... The cover of this album, we've never talked about the cover of this album. And if you guys go check it out, the cover of this album is the bass player smashing his guitar on the ground. And on the side, the lettering of the album is pink and green. And it's interesting. You need to go check it out because it's essentially a ripoff of Elvis's debut 1956 record. It was the same pink and green font as Elvis. But in this case, they're smashing. No way. They're smashing the guitar upon the ground. Man, I I never ripped off anybody. How could somebody rip off my album cover? Guys, another (laughs) impression. What? But so it's Ringo. (laughs) But so it's interesting because the story goes that the clash is playing in some, this some arena out in New York in 1979. And the crowd is either not into it or, the story goes that they keep standing up at the bouncers at this club. Keep yeah. telling them you need to sit down. You can't stand up during this performance. So the people keep sitting down in the clash. All their, all the artists are getting so annoyed. They're getting so frustrated that the people aren't into it and they're not into it the way they want them to be. So this bass player for the clash gets so frustrated and pissed off that he starts slamming his guitar on the ground and it was caught on camera and it becomes this iconic picture which is the cover for this album of the bass player slamming his guitar in the ground. And one of my favorite quotes about this performance, when he's, when he's slamming his guitar on the ground, he says, unfortunately you always sort of tend to destroy the things you love. And so he's destroying his, his guitar because he loves it. So good. But it started to make me think there's something about smashing guitars <laughs> that just screams rock and roll. Doesn't it? Oh, totally. And in yeah, honor the of the honky tonk man who we talked about last week, I've put together a list, a yes. list, Rob. Oh, oh wait a minute. Oh, about God the greatest it. guitar smashers in the history of music. All right. 
Oh, wait, wrong song. Oh, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Russell, take control. <laughs> no, that was the right song. I have put that in our permanent soundboard, so that will be there forever, though. This is so long. For another No, I mean, that sound clip is so long. It's just like, it's way longer than it has to be. All right, here's the list. That's what she said. I thought it would be a. I thought it would be a cool list to put together the greatest guitar smashers in the history of music. So I've put together a top four list for you guys to decide on who's the greatest guitar smasher ever. Number four is Nine Inch Nails. This is Head Like a Hole. Now, Nine Inch Nails used to have these really chaotic concerts where they would attack each other on stage and dive off the stage, and their concerts would end with them destroying all of their instruments, all the guitars, all the drums, all the keyboards. And I read this really cool quote on Ultimate Guitar where it said, the front man, Trent Reznor, once said that when an instrument falls on stage, it mocks you. And it must be destroyed. Oh, God. That's so good. <laughs> I had a friend of mine who went to a Nine Inch Nails concert when they came to Rochester, Minnesota, for some reason. And he said that he spent the whole time throwing quarters and hitting Trent Reznor with quarters. And I was like, <laughs> that surprises me zero. I bet Trent Reznor gets hit with quarters like every single concert. I mean, the people that w- would go to a Nine Inch Nails concert, it does not surprise me they're winging quarters at Trent Reznor. That's probably why he's scoring movies now instead of doing more concerts. He got hit by so many quarters. Matt, have you listened to any Nine Inch Nails recently? Yeah, I mean they're they're number two hundred on the list. Um, forget the name of the album, but that that song is on the album. And he, I I think as a thirteen year old when this song came out, I was just dead afraid of what the hell the Nine Inch Nails were. <laughs> their videos because of the, their videos I mean, their were videos, scary but, as hell. But then like the lyrics, right? Like but when he says that, when a violate you like an animal, you're like, wait, is that a thing? You let me can desecrate do? you. You let me penetrate you. You let me complicate. I mean, like, hey, as a baby, talk old, slower now, baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, then uh, hurt is on this album as well. You know, and it starts out. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel, you know, a kid growing up in white America. Everything's going perfect. Uh, upper Midwest, you know, that was like, oh my goodness, what the hell is this band? You know, and so I think I was dead afraid of them, of what the hell this band was. But now I listen to them as a 39 year old, and I can't get enough of this album. It's it's phenomenal. So I'm I'm back on the Nine Inch Nails. I can. You think, Matt? Do you think Nine Inch Nails that album being ranked 200 is Rolling Bone groaned, or where should it be ranked on the list? I mean, it should be higher so that the number is lower. Oh, God. Is that how it works? Don't mock my system. Do not mock my system. system. Very insulting. Lower. One is overrated or underrated. It's absolutely underrated. Completely underrated. That that should be a top five album. It's so so funny you bring up, like, hard times growing up in, like, suburban white America. I remember one of the most depressed moments of my life was one time on Sunday, the clock shifted due to like the daily savings time. And I missed America's funniest home videos. And so I basically like went home and sat, like I didn't go home. I was at home, but I like sat in my room and just listened to this. And I was like, I was like, Trent, I really get what you're talking about. I missed America's funniest home videos. I don't know. Like that super American song they have is the only coast to coast America. I mean, that song was like almost our national anthem at the time. It's very strange. And I missed it. And I was so depressed. Nine Inch Nails Bob, is, is that the Bob Saget days. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I'd just be seeing people get hit in the nuts and then 
Like, it's like, why are they filming this guy painting on a ladder? Like, who films that? Like, <laughs> people fall in as the greatest. Oh, and I missed it. And it's still like, it affected me where I remember that now. So that just shows how hard my life has been. Right. So, so Nine Inch Nails is kind of this, this band where Matt was saying, you got to check it out. You have to go check out this album. And they were kind of famous for smashing guitars, but there's more bands who are famous for smashing guitars. And the next one is, like Nine Inch Nails, Kurt Cobain from Nirvana would often express his anger on stage by smashing guitars at the end of concerts. Doesn't anybody Nirvana. smash a guitar for being happy anymore? They, they smashed them on SNL, right? Didn't they smash the guitars on it, SNL? It, it's around? interesting, Aaron. They actually destroyed a Fender, is it Fender Stratocaster or whatever the name of this popular guitar is? In the studio while they were recording Endless Nameless on the album Nevermind, which is 17th on our list. And I wanted to pick that song for this right here. But honestly, I think the song's terrible and I didn't want to make anyone <laughs> listen to it. So I just I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna put it on the list. But Nirvana actually smashed a guitar in the middle of the recording album while they were playing that song. God, that'd be so badass. Yep. It's gotta feel good. Number two on the list. And I'm and, and around that time I'm crying about missing America's funny some videos at home. So <laughs> <laughs> Rob's smashing Jenny's birthday candles into a wall. <laughs> you will not have a fun birthday. Light. God damn it, light. No, that would that would have that would have made me maybe buy some candles beforehand before her birthday. Oh, and you know, I, I forgot to put the coda on that story. Today it turns out it was our dog's birthday, and my daughter bought like a banner. And cards and balloons and hats for everybody and dressed everybody up and made us take pictures. And my wife is like, we're literally doing 10 times more for the dog than you did oh for God. me for my birthday. You're still in trouble. It's never going away. We, we might need to take a, a hiatus from the and, podcast. And here. then I went into in her room and she was just sitting there with this. She was like. <laughs> I was like, hey, how's our marriage going? And she just, you know, turns this up louder. Okay, I, I'll just come back later. Thank you. Well, I have, I have to say, if I were Rob's wife, mm. I would probably take his guitar. Because I believe, Rob, you're a guitar player, right? Uh, yes, an expert. If, if I were Rob's wife, Jenny, mm. what I would do is is take a little lesson from The Who. and Because The Who is the original guitar smash. I like how you paused so long after you said The Who. So Pete Townsend is really the pioneer of guitar smashing. He smashed his first guitar in 1964. And supposedly, in 1967, he smashed 35 guitars. Oh, my God. That's excessive. That's almost one a week. Like it's After a while, don't you get tired? You're like, guess I got to go smash another guitar, mate. Kind of bored with it now. I'm pretty sure Jenny would smash all 38 of your guitars right now if she had a chance for it. It wouldn't even take her the whole year. No, being married... Being married Married to me is gift enough is something I think she would say. The interesting thing about the who with this is, is Pete Townsend was not one to be outdone by his, the other members of his band. So the drummer of his band who was also playing, they were playing the Smothers Brothers comedy TV show and the drummer loaded a bunch of explosives into oh, the yeah. drum set oh, yeah. and he detonates this on this comedy show in in the late sixties and it causes Keith moon. Is that the drummer's name for yeah. the who? Yeah. Yep. It causes him to like light his hair on fire. He loses his hearing in one ear for like the rest of his life. And the, the thing that made me laugh the hardest is Betty Davis. Who's like this famous actress or whatever. Who's on the show that night faints when they <laughs> blow up this, when they start smashing guitars and they blow up the drum set. Can you imagine that's how lame it was like in the fifties and sixties is that a drum set explodes and somebody goes, 
oh, and just faints. Like, that's like nothing. Like, well, Herb Alpert was the number one album, 1966 <laughs> or whatever. I want more whipped cream delights, not drums blowing up. Oh, I'm going to give you guys more? the number one there's guitar more? smasher ever, but. What I want you to think about is if you were smashing a guitar, how would you do it here? But I'll give you the number one. The number one guitar smasher There's ever. one way to smash a guitar. What are you talking about? Oh, oh no. It's about to get like real you, here. You put your feet on the, the guitar head. part and you use it as a pogo stick? Like, I don't know how else do you smash a guitar. For the head, baseball, well, that style. See, sometimes you got to be a little creative, Rob. You get so, you get so like in your lane, you don't think about kick other it. things. You kick it. Jimi Hendrix, on the other hand, was famous for smashing guitars, but the coolest story comes in 1967. Hendrix is playing at this festival with The Who, who is famous for smashing their guitars. And they kind of have this back and forth about who's going to go on first because they don't want one to upstage the other. They don't want to follow each other. And so The Who ends up, they flip a coin, and The Who goes on fourth. They smash their guitars. And Jimi Hendrix comes on, he's like, I need to top them. So how does he top them? He smashes his guitar at the end, and then he takes a lighter and he lights his guitar on fire on the stage. Hard to top that. You can't beat that. He set it on fire, and he's the voodoo child. I would smash the guitar. I would light it on fire, and then I would use that fire to cook a hot dog (laughs) that I would then play a guitar with for my next song. (laughs) Topped it. I'm better than Jimi Hendrix. Oh, my God. I'm so smart. If if I was gonna if I was gonna destroy a guitar, I would destroy Rob's guitar after I swiped on Jenny's Bumble profile down the road. <laughs> I would I would take his guitar when he when, when he had to be out of the building for like whatever their agreement. I would take his guitar, light it on fire, and then for her birthday, I would use that to light the candles. Oh, she would be so happy. She would just be thrilled. It just just the fact that she has somebody lighting something in her life, she'd be like, I don't care what's going on. She, he can destroy all my stuff. I, this is better than being with Rob. Oh, he brought me flowers. Let me let's just cut these flowers real quick. Okay, I'm just gonna. I think I I think it'd be cool to destroy a guitar by throwing it out of an airplane and maybe like or maybe like skydiving, playing a guitar solo, and then like when when your parachute opens, you like give the rock and roll sign, and your guitar falls to the ground another two thousand feet and smashes on the ground. Maybe that's what I would do. That rock and roll symbol you made with your fingers looked extremely inappropriate, Aaron. I'm just gonna say that right (laughs) now. I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) Matt. How would you destroy a guitar? Hey, baby, somebody took the last parachute out of this airplane. Oh, no, baby. (laughs) The big bopper's going down. Literally. literally. Uh, I've always wanted to take the guitar and just hit whatever the big drum is, the the foot pedal drum, and just drive a guitar right, the bass drum. I don't know. Yeah. And just drive it right through there. Just cut that thing open. So maybe it's more destroying the drums so, so you guys, than it is the guitar. You guys don't think my idea of using the guitar like a pogo stick and holding the top of the guitar and stepping on the thing and then hopping around until it smashes? I think that's a great idea. The, the funny, you're going to fall on your face and, and then you're going to look bad. It's going to be so thing, punk. The funny thing for me <laughs> is that Aaron and Rob do not remember a famous moment when we were in college about a guitar bashing moment. And as... Aaron will never admit to this, and he's going to deny it immediately when I say this. But Aaron, you, Aaron was a great singer. He still is a great singer. But in college, he used to always like sing in the dorms and play the guitar in the dorms and try to like pick up women with his musical skills. And if Aaron denies this, just don't believe him. He's making it up. He's trying mm-hmm. to act like it didn't happen. And so there was this one time in college where Aaron started singing in the dorm, and people got so sick of it. And Rob walked over to our dorm, and he took Aaron's guitar. And what happened, Rob? 
Well, I, th- I think we have a recording of it. Let's listen to it here. Yeah, because I took the video and I actually sent it into America's Funny Home Videos. All right. The story that no I give. Russ is going off the list again. Russ brings it That's home off the list. Guns of Brixton. This is the one song uh, written by and sung by the bass player, Paul Simonon. Another reggae beat. This song's too slow, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a great song. Great message. It's just like, let's turn up the beats. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna yeah. do? Yeah. Another police. It's another police brutality song. But it's just kind of... I mean, it's, yeah, I don't want to pick on it because it's a great message. But I, you gotta but This sounds like a reggae song, right? Yeah. Well, not I mean, as I much as... They were big into reggae, right? They were, yeah. Not as much as Rongamboyo. Oh, yeah, this, this, yeah. I think there's ska. a difference between reggae and ska, though. Yeah, it's My understanding guitar. is ska is like more punchier, it's quicker, it's more. faster. It's also the guitar, so... Did you guys hear about the ska pizza place that opened up? Oh, God. No. You can get it for delivery or you can pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> this, this was the song that really reminded me of all like the 90s ska bands like Real yes. Big Fish and Sublime and the Boston's Ska Skank Redemption out of Minnesota. I do have to shout out Dave Hagedorn of the uh, Minneapolis uh, St. Paul jazz scene, who was my uh, ooh, uh, ooh, music theory ooh. professor. Uh, senior year of uh, college, he he described that um, a ska sound is where the where the guitar goes, ska 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 ska, and a reggae sound is where the reggae is where the guitar goes, reggae 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 reggae. And now that you've heard that, you will not forget it. <laughs> oh, okay, you'll okay, know the difference minute. between ska and reggae. Shout okay, out to Wayne Who's what the f- more, who's talented for much <laughs> more? I do hear it. I hear it. Okay, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh yeah, Scott, 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 Scott. Dude, I love this professor. Let's get him on the podcast. He knows what he's talking about. He knows way more than me. He's a great jazz percussionist. He knows way more than me. Shout out Dave Hagedorn. But you guys hear like those '90s ska bands, like remember like Rancid? Yeah, they played yeah. Time Bomb. That's like right up this alley, right? Yes. Skank Redemption. I when I was doing background search on this, I I, I came across. What am I looking at here? Upper penis size Google. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Death or Glory. This is when Aaron song. requested a long play on this one, so it's going to be a little Yeah, long. I got to hear more of this one. It's about rock stars who say they're going to die before they get old. Rob, you're a talking heads guy. This sounds like Psycho Killer. Yes, que say? This song is such an anthem, and the thing is, I've always loved this album, and I loved this song regardless. But um, what, what you guys don't know about me, the, the weird thing that I haven't revealed about myself yet is that... The weird, wait, wait, the weird thing you haven't revealed... That I have not yet revealed... Oh, hold on, I'm going to have to take another drink of my uh, the calling that, wine. Is that... Um, are, you, are, are, are we recording? Are we sure we're recording? We don't want to miss this. Of all of the TV shows I've loved in my life, Friday Night Lights, Parks and Recreation, uh, what was the one with Topanga? Here. <laughs> so... Uh, Oh, Boy Meets World. Yeah. yeah. America's Wonder Funniest Home Videos. My lady and I Alice. are absolute devotees of the uh, 
late aughts comedy uh, New Girl, which was on Fox, uh, starring Jake Johnson and Zoe Deschanel and Lamorne Morris. And there is a, a famous episode, famous in my house, of New Girl, where they play a, a game called True American, which is a drinking game, which which is a totally insane drinking game. And at least one of the times when they play True American, they play Death or Glory as the soundtrack. And so I cannot, I love the song so much anyway, but I can't hear Death or Glory without thinking of True American and New Girls. So that, that's what that song means to me. And it's a great song. It's, a, it's what? an anthem. What? Como es posible? That was Aaron's second left field take of the week. Not one. Oh, two. Yeah. I have for sure seen every episode of New Girl at least three times. It's like the kind of thing where like we've had a night of drinking. It's like, what should we do before we go to bed? Oh, let's watch a new girl episode. <laughs> so that, wow. That uh, sounds like that. the opposite of my weekend. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> hey, Hey, what should we do? What should we do after we go to bed? Oh, how about have an argument in front of our kids? Oh yeah. Coca-Cola. I don't know what this song is about, but it's so great. I just oh, it's about cocaine. Cocaine. Yep. Could be about anything. Who knows? That little bass lick into the bridge, like doo 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 doo, is so great. Oh, Aaron, when you're doing bass licks, I just love it. Oof. Hey, did somebody <laughs> say bass lick, baby? Oh yeah. Oh, now yeah. you're talking big babas. Okay. Bass lick is where you lick my. Ooh. I'm gonna have oh, to edit man. out so oh, many man. of those. Oh, jeez. God dang it. Card cheat. Double album again, guys. There's just Sounds so many like songs. Herb get long. <laughs> not, not to rip on. I like this album, but this has got to be about the low point of the album, right? Yeah, this is where I, mean, I think maybe. Aaron said it last time. Like they have a couple extra songs, and they're like, oh shit! Now we got to put on all these extra songs that we have. The only yeah, the only research I did was that they had this brass band that came in. When I figured out that they had like this background bass bass uh, or brass band that came in, I mean, what punk is that? That's not punk at all. Were they from Tijuana? Did they rip off Herbert Herbert Albert's Tijuana brass band? That's what I was wondering. I think they were listening to Phil Spector, man. That that sounds like a Phil Spector song to me. Oh my God. I see that. I just seem to me it's it's the wall of sound that they were going for. I don't know. I could be wrong. Prove me wrong. This no, comes I back to. This comes back that ad libs when I was talking about earlier, though they're like they're taking. It was those, the yeah, yeah. It was the rumor brass band played. This, they also played on Walking on Sunshine. So you got the nice. same people that have. They're playing with the Clash, and they're also playing with uh, what is it? The Waves, yeah, nineteen eighties classic, "Walking on Sunshine." That's not very punk. I agree with Aaron. I think the Ronettes uh, are very punk. All right, so the next one we have <laughs> "Lovers Rock." What's the different sound? Isn't it? <laughs> is that Sade? Is that what yeah, it is? this Rosie? is by Sade. <laughs> this is my shit right here. This is this is this is my comfort zone. This is, of course, Sade's Lover's Rock. This is what Aaron, put, this is what, this is what Aaron puts on once a year when he lights his birthday candles that he purchased for his wife <laughs> for her birthday cake. That it's he my purchased. This is Aaron's you know. night after watching New Girl. And here's Rob's <laughs> night after getting in a hotel bedroom that was about $500 a night. So let's listen to that. <laughs> yeah, this is actually very reminiscent of what the conversation sounded like. 
You don't think about anyone else. You bought the presents at the last moment. I saw you on the computer doing it. Podcast is horrible. You edit the podcast when I'm taking out my own birthday cake. I wish you would think about me. Jokes are not funny. <laughs> she didn't say that, Matt. Take that back. After I've purchased fake flowers for someone and I'm walking back to my car knowing I'm never going to see this person again, I usually listen to a song called Four Horsemen. This is, oh, oh no, you have a song all queued up? It's usually by Metallica, but this one will have to do. Oh, no, I can just no, picture Rob, Russ in his car with his, like, fake flowers and they're, like, somehow already dead and leaning over and he's just in his car like, oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, I might have to just get a guitar to smash after my next terrible date. <laughs> That'd be so good. That'd be so great. Okay. Well, hey, Russ, thanks. why are those, what are all those Herb Alberts in the back seat? And what is that guitar there for? You do not want to know. Hey, Russ, I think. Just this, enjoy these fake flowers. Yeah. Hey, Russ, great date. Uh, yeah. I, I. You know what? I'll call you and I think we should go out again. You just see him out of his car. Smash, smash, smash. <laughs> hopping around on a guitar like a pogo stick. This All is getting right. too real for me. We need to move on to the next <laughs> right. song. Uh, four Horsemen. Licking them dry. Huh? Does he say licking them dry? This is the drums one you wanted, Russ. Yeah, I like the, I like the wipeout drums there. But I don't understand anything British people are saying, but I swear he says licking them dry. Right. What does the wipeout mean? Like the drums on wipeout, where it's like, <laughs> wipeout. <laughs> By the big bopper. Yeah, By I the big bopper. <laughs> hey, baby. Let me smell the... Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not down. I, I really like looking at the lyrics to all these songs and this these were the lyrics that stuck with me the most on this whole album they're saying I've, I've had that kind of day when, when none of your sorrows will go away it goes down and down and hit the floor down oh, no. and down and down some more oh, no, you're like Russell. down on yourself but the coolest part about the song is they like turn it around they're like but I know there'll be some way when I can swing up everything back my way like skyscrapers rising up floor by floor giving up it's like it's like it turns it around like it's this this dread piling on top of you and then you're like you flip it. You flip that shit and now you're rising back up and you're taking it control. I like this song. I like the yeah. lyrics. And you Hell can hear yeah, it in Russell. the sound. Like they never you're the, the man, Russell. Get down. That woman who's mad about fake flowers, she's missing out on you, Russell. Okay. Oh no, she wasn't mad. She just never contacted me again, Rob. Let's get that clear. <laughs> I don't even think she, there was there was not even apathy. There was just no contact again. You think she still has those flowers? No. She looks at them and cries. She sits there and she like is in her apartment and she has the flowers and she's just like, she just. <laughs> I, I, this is like so unfortunate because I look at this from my perspective, like I'm the idiot who brought the fake flowers, right? Like, like if there was a podcast and she was on her, a podcast with her friends right now and she said, "Yeah, this guy showed up to my house and he brought me fake sunflowers." I mean. I can imagine why she would be playing the song by Nine Inch Nails. I, you have to picture, though, because you really have to remember these fake sunflowers were wrapped in paper. Oh, yeah. Like, I think 
Do you have to pay extra for that? I think I paid extra. I, yeah, for and I'm sure they like threw in. I bet as a joke, they like threw in that plant food that they send you with flowers. You know that you can like pour in the water. They're like, I'll get the guy. One of those women at Bachman should have stopped me and said, "Do you know these are fake flowers? I, why are they I'm selling fake up. flowers at Bach? Why are they selling they fake flowers at a flower store? I'm going to send a comment right now. I'd send a strongly worded email. You're not going to buy a fake steak at the butcher shop. Yeah, if you talk about, bought a record at the record store and you opened it up at home and it was a piece of pic- paper with a picture of a record on it, you'd be pissed. <laughs> that the flower shop should not be selling fake flowers. That's absolutely ridiculous. Agreed. I didn't Agreed. want to tell you guys about that experience at the record store. <laughs> oh, uh, so the hey, flowers didn't work out, but here's You're a record like, I bought you. Oh. You guys can laugh with me. Don't laugh at me. I don't okay. laugh. I'm sorry, Russell. We will not laugh at you anymore. Uh, so let's see. Revolution Rock. Danny Ray cover about them smashing, but they changed the lyrics to talk about smashing their seat. Double albums are so long. This reggae song reminded me of one song. Aaron was touching on earlier his favorite Joe Strummer songs that were not by the Clash. But when I heard the reggae stuff, I started thinking, I was like, Johnny Cash covered a reggae song once. Oh, yeah. And I believe he played it with Joe Strummer, actually. They did it together, no doubt. They did it together, so maybe if we could pull that up. As you were just saying two seconds ago, Russ, uh, Johnny Cash and Joe Strummer. It's Johnny Cash, who's like the greatest the greatest Old artist Paris. ever, yes, playing with Joe Strummer from The Clash, covering so this amazing reggae song. This is awesome, ship. isn't it not? It's so good. Minutes after they took I Yeah, there's nothing I can say about this that from won't take away from what these guys are doing inside of them. But my so much. hand was made It's beautiful, isn't it, Aaron? You know who they could add to the song to make it better? <laughs> we forward in this generation. Don't do it, Rob. Don't do it. Don't do it, Rob. Don't do All it, right, Rob. Rob, because I'm controlling this podcast tonight. I'm going to stop the song and I'll let you do it real quick. Don't you let right me sing, baby. <laughs> the song's of freedom, baby. Come on now, baby. All right. And that is insulting to everyone involved. In the interview with Johnny Cash, that he wanted to keep the Jamaican patois because he didn't want to change Bob Marley's words. Or he said, old pirates, yes, they rabbi. Because he didn't want to, he didn't want to change but, what Bob Marley said, even though that wasn't how he spoke. So I've heard that song before, but I never put together that that's Joe Strummer from the Same Clash. Here, it never dawned on me until recently, and I just thought that was really, really cool. I'm telling you guys, yeah. this podcast, even though there's only two people that listen to it, I, I really have fun listening <laughs> to this stuff. And I really do have fun learning about this. Like, I never would have learned as much about the Clash as I did in my two minutes of research I did it, and I really got a, I really got a kick out of it. This song, I'm going to tell you, uh, we want to talk about records. The record is made. The album cover is printed. This song is not on the record at the time. They press this song onto the record, but the track is totally unlisted anywhere except for the cellophane around the album, which, of course, everyone has ripped off already. So nobody knew the name of this song. Nobody knew it was unlisted. It was like the original secret song on there. This is, I'm going to say it right now, this is the best song on the album. This is the third single. It's the first song to reach the top 30 in the U.S. for The Clash. This song is so good. And I'm going to tell you right now, Benny King has the second best song called Stand By Me. This song is better. Benny King, you are canceled. Goodbye, Benny King. Nobody needs you. What song is this, Rob? What's it called? Train in Vain. 
parentheses stand by me they had to this call is it badass badass even though the chorus just says stand by me they had to change the name because they didn't want it to get confused with the ben e king song this is probably one of the top five songs of any of the albums we've heard so far this has to be the second best closing song on an album we've listened to so far, other than the Beatles, the Sgt. Peppers, right? Matt? I put this above it. Yeah, it's best. crazy. That, I mean, it is interesting for a double album, the whatever side four would have been on the vinyl, it just knocks. Like, this this album you, closes super strong. So good. So, we, you know, briefly, because it's kind of good. I mean, this is a double album, and they tricked their... Uh, what do you call them? Whoever made the album into doing a double album because they, they, the albums were so expensive at the time and the CBS records or whatever wanted to make, have him have two albums, but they said that it's got to be one. So a double album. So that they were only actually people were paying a dollar 97 for all of these songs instead of paying double that for two albums. And so they tricked them into making it a double album. Simply because they wanted to try to screw over the the record company. Well, See, like now story. you might not like the horns, but that's punk, right? That's like straight yeah, up that's punk. punk. That's punk. Yeah, that's punk. Yeah, no doubt. All right, as alluded to earlier, our final rating system is rolling. This song is number eight on the no number seven on the list, right? Seven. Rob, I thought I was controlling this. this Damn it! Well, this what? Podcast. Okay, what number is it on the list? Is it seven or eight? So we're going to our final eight. final rating, oh, and we're going to go Matt and Aaron. We're going to go, is this rolling well toned, which means it's properly rated? Is it rolling bone, which means it's too low on the list? It means a higher number. Or is it rolling groan? Oh, fuck. Rob just changed the notes. I can't see it. (laughs) That was such such a bullshit move by a friend. I've been supporting you the whole time. I I even gave you advice on you should go buy those birthday candles. I could have used you about four days ago, Russell. All right. Final rating, Matt. Matt, you're up. I'm going to give it a rolling groan. I think seven, um, eight on the list is way too high for this. I think these guys, a lot of uh, samples from different people in the past made it their own. I don't know if it's technically punk, but they're getting credited with being punk. So, you know, maybe the album was, uh, you know, revolutionary for its time, but out of everything out there and all the other stuff we we will listen to here, I think this is way too high. So I'm rolling groan with this album. Wow, wow, wow. Aaron, what do you think? You know, I was I surprised myself the first time I revisited this album. I thought, okay, you know, I, I like the tightness of it, the precision, but I'm I don't know if I'm blown away. But I when you for me, when I listen to the whole thing multiple times and I wait all the way to like I said, side four. And I hear these great songs, and it, they're so well put together. I love the the variety of the drumming on here. I love the messages where they're coming from. And to me, it sounds like nothing else we've heard before. So it sounds like rolling alone, well-toned. One off the list. Taking my bit. He's taking everybody I, I else's work, bit. I work, I, work, I work so hard putting together this final rating system together, Aaron, as you know. <laughs> and you're just going off the list. I, I feel like it's kind of insulting to me because I really worked hard on this. It, it takes a Rob, lot of time to type in to rhyme.com what rhymes with stone and then just finding three <laughs> words that fit. Barely. I'll, I'll give my rating next and then we'll let Rob go last because I'm controlling this podcast right now. I really enjoyed the album, but this is the first album where I thought, if I heard this at like 150, it wouldn't have surprised me. If I heard this in the hundreds, it wouldn't have surprised me. And I would have said, oh, this is way too low. And so I don't think it's a top 10 album of all time. 
but admittedly, I really, really enjoyed it. I, I've listened to this multiple times, and I would definitely rather listen to this over some of the, the Beatles albums we've listened to on the top five or six. But for me, it's it's a rolling groan because I don't think it's it's it doesn't jump out to me as being one of the top dems, uh, top ten albums ever. Wow, you guys, Rob, what's your rating? You guys are absolutely ridiculous. Of all the times that you have been talking about how this, you can hear, um, you can hear Sublime, you can hear Blink Blink One Eighty Two, you can hear all these other. You, we even brought up Man himself, who I think is also in the top twenty. Sugar Ray, um. And and to say that this is, does not deserve to be a top ten album is absolutely ridiculous. I'm giving this the one and only rating of Rolling. If only I would have known about the Clash when I was younger, I feel like I would have listened to them more. This seems like right uh, yes. up my alley. I thought this was, I thought this was a great album. I thought it was so cool to hear a, a, such a talented musical band play so many different kinds of music and make it all sound good. I mean, yeah, there's some filler in there, but the, I'm the. Stand by Me, Train in Vain is such a slapping song. It has to be in the top ten. Everyone else, get out of here. You're all wrong. It's a great album. So that's it. <laughs> us. That's it for us talking about the Clash. I did want a longer podcast, and I got a longer podcast today. I, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. This is gonna be. This is gonna be a doozy. Good luck uh, editing this one. <laughs> yeah, have fun with this one. Uh, so this is the. Oh wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you guys hear that? Rob, Rob, do you want me to send Jenny the fake sunflowers in the mail now? Or should I wait? Like, when are you going to edit it so I can, like, coordinate? Do you guys hear that? Anybody calling? Pick it up. Who is that? It has to ring twice for some reason. Oh. Hey, this is Russ's date. Why did he send me those fake sunflowers? Hey, baby, this is the big bopper on the phone. And I just wanted to say, I love having sex without condoms. Oh, raw dog it, baby. Oh, yeah. And the next album, of course, is Blonde on Blonde from Bob Dylan. And we promise there will be no jokes about that title. That's it for Beck Did It Better. When you want to hear about the greatest I feel like you guys encouraged all that. But you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better.